It's Gentleman Jack Crack. Cue that fucking jaunty music. Nineteenth century groveling, groveling, groveling. Good lord. Hello, everyone. Hi, friends. And welcome back to another exciting episode of Gentleman Jack Crack. Uh, we just saw season one, episode four. Most women are dull and stupid. <laughs> I want to say that I do not believe in I such. I do not uh, agree. I, I don't. Uh, I do not agree with thoughts. that assessment, hmm. Mrs. Rolson. But she was fun. So yeah, I was. I we was. Can let it slide. It was weird. Like. I was trying to figure out who would have said it because, you know, they're always attributed to a person. So I was like, it was either going to be Miss Lister herself talking about just women in general, someone kind of making fun or poking, like directing towards Lister mm-hmm. as being the exception without saying that exactly. But I was thinking it was someone like a Marion speaking on how Miss Lister views other women. Or it oh, would be. Marion, don't get that kind of smoke. And then my third was, it would be. Or Rosa, but I didn't think it would be a female. You thought it Rosa. would be Christopher Rosen. <laughs> I not, didn't think uh, his I didn't mama. Think it would be a female Rosen. Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah, I guess our whatever. Oh, we do have at least one Patreon subscriber. They'll hear that musing. Oh yeah, they online oh, soon enough. Actually. Yeah, because we recorded it. We recorded ourselves for the first time. <laughs> I feel like I, I feel like Anne for the first time. Near queer. No, um, for the first time. Well, that was the well, level. Yeah. But uh, yeah, for the first time, we recorded ourselves while watching an episode. And uh, although, you know, Terrence did leave. I, yeah, you'd have to. got upset at what was happening with our ladies. I'm sure you can imagine (laughs) which scene that was. If I say two thirds through the episode, well, it starts to get a little bit spicy, but not just not really in the sexy way, in the patriarchal way. But it can add spice, which is not the kind of spice we like. So I guess before we fully get into this... We should watch this episode uno mas. Yeah, we'll then, do it one more time. Yeah, we'll come back. So, guys, we'll guys, be. we'll be right <laughs> back. <laughs> hey. All right, so I'm angry all over Wait again. Wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on. Slow down. Relax. Huh, okay. All right. I showed you the first two minutes of you did. episode five to you try did. and get you to a place of calm. Yeah. What happened? I know. <laughs> I mean, happened? I am. I'm happy. Like, <laughs> I'm happy, but I'm still. It's, man. <laughs> it's a lot. And the, I hate to tell you. Well, I don't hate to tell you because it's a fun ride. But the emotions will keep roller coastering yeah. for the rest of our time here with Gentleman Yeesh. Jack. So get comfy. That's why I told you to enjoy those innocent grubbles. Enjoy the baby gay Vapors and basking in all of the joy and happiness that we saw, although it was like, you know, Jaws, except well, it was yeah. like scary, jaunty music. And instead of a fin, it's Mrs. Priestley's bonnet just like lurking outside crow nest to fucking destroy things. So, yeah. So where did we leave off in the last episode? We left off with some pretty exciting and inspired moments. We were talking about mankeen being mm-hmm code for gay as fuck but multiple o's o's in tandem group o's grumbling on the go technically if our theory via the entries works out they grumbled on the way back 
two crow nests at the beginning of this episode or just, you know, en route. Hashtag I am asleep. <laughs> I, I don't think Ann Walker feigns that she is asleep. I don't think it's possible. But that would extra explain that super huge smile that Ann Walker has on her face when she greets her aunt who is just like, you look too happy. I don't. <laughs> Let me fuck this up real quick. Okay, so good lord. So if if we take it from the top, it is um. Oh my god, it's like it's an Aerosmith song. Mrs. I don't want to close my eyes. Remember that song from the nineties? Oh yes, oh. that's where we left off. Mm. I don't want to. I don't want to fall asleep because I miss you, babe, and I don't want to miss a thing. That's ah. that's definitely both their energies. They're like I'm staring at you, we're looking in each other's eyes uh, before we we go to the the negative place so let's let's open up on these happy feels because actually we don't that's a lie our no. first scene into the show is mrs priestley yeah mrs priestley being and she looks like she's been up all night but not having any grubbles like she looks like she has been agonizing over what she didn't actually see which is probably why she's half mad because she does not have that visual for herself she does to muse about she just has to use her imagination and that's not sufficient. And so she's upset. But I like the attention to, you know, what I assume is makeup and wardrobe because Eliza's face always just kind of looks, I mean, kind of bright and whatever, cheery for an older woman. But yeah. this episode, she was looking the most haggard we'd ever seen her, I would say. Just so she looked tired. She looked exhausted. She looked like she didn't put she as much effort. She looked her age. Well, I guess that's what happens when you don't get the grubbles and you realize that it's never going to happen. And we open our husband and you can tell he's like, you've been talking about this for the past six hours. Right, I like, mean, is it going to end? She's like, no, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's a, I have more to say. It's a dead horse. I mean, uh, depending on who you ask, most researchers will say if you've not finished a project like a film or a movie or a task, you'll spend more time feverishly thinking about it. Right. Versus having the answer of the conclusion. So with her walking in on what she can't hope to be something or nothing and knowing she's being played that someone's going to turn it. She and actually it was says something. Head. She's like, and I only, uh, what is it? I only too vividly realized that I've been a laughing stock. And it's like, it wasn't even that vivid girl, but I guess back then, you know, seeing ankles real dramatic. So mm. she's, she's scandalized by seeing Ann Walker's flushed, I won't even say post-O because she was mid-O. And she that's why mid, she was like, we got to get upstairs, bitch. Because you, what? You yes. was just near queer. Like, me? No. Yeah, so she's upset. And her husband is just like, okay, but can we just not talk about this? And she adds that two men were hung outside of York Jail not that long ago in front of 6,000 people for doing the gay business. Because I guess there's nothing else to do. There was nothing else to do that day, but... Persecute some, uh, yeah. Well, Good for grief. unnatural acts. And the husband's just sort of like, look, we can't repeat any of this to anyone ever. Okay, like, just, we should just not talk about it. Matter of fact, you should stop right now. But see, um, uh, I think I should let you know that, I, you know, before. But she, first, she asked why. <laughs> she asked why. And it's like, should it be obvious? Like, you're the one that's saying, get playing with fire. But you're telling everybody about the fire. That doesn't make any sense. Eliza, like, what is your fixation? And he has to be like, uh, because, you know, um, the law people might talk. Like, let's keep it to ourselves. She's like, okay, I can do that. Except actually, I can't because I did. I did. I, I, I spoke. I, but, but. Nonstop. It, what I love is it was like, well, I did speak to, you know, Mrs. Older, Mrs. Lista. I bet it. 
and then randomly these other names are starting to drip out. So I was like, wait, so I don't think you- she, I don't think she mentioned Aunt Lister. I think she just went through the tribe where she was like elderly Ralston, Sandfield oh, yeah, Ralston, yeah. Catherine and Delia were there, Aunt Anne at Cliff Hill. No, like yeah. she's talking about the tribe. She was like, um, she doesn't it, visit it, Aunt it, Anne Lister. She was like, it wasn't like a space for two. Well, I thought Anne only because she was like, you know, she's been fraught thinking about the dangers of being up late at night. And so. Yeah, but Aunt Anne's not going to shade her niece ever. And Eliza's looking to shade. Ah. And that's what she's been doing. Do you know what they were doing up there? <laughs> oh. <laughs> but it's just sort of like, what could they be saying when they can't even imagine lesbian goings on? Oh, yeah. It well, must be I mean... entirely absurd. Like, Catherine, do you know what she does to them? <laughs> she, does she, she, does she, she bites, bites them. them. <laughs> <Are you> sure. <laughs> I'm not sure, but, you know, stuff. And so after her fraught ridiculousness about grubbling and confessing to her husband that she's actually told the whole goddamn town already that, oh, oops, we get the um, jaunty credits. Yes. We finally start the show. And, uh, well, there's a lot of drama and angst to be had in this episode. But before we get there, bitch, we do see some happy scenes with our ladies. And that's always fun. I do enjoy that we get to see the two of them, mostly because... Um, you know, Mrs. Priestley, she's trying to pull focus. <laughs> I guess she's setting she really up is. like what is happening as, as far as like the growing number of the membership of the haters of Halifax. Like we we see that there was like a, I don't know, a gathering of sorts because they were all conveniently in one place. What, what was this? Well, that's uh, because they all kind of live on that damn estate, Lydgate or whatever, you know, the Walker property that is technically Anne's. And so there, because when we come back, we technically don't go to our girls first. We're with the Priestleys who are with old Aunt Anne Walker, who I thought she was not long for this world, but she okay. looks a little too healthy in this episode. And they're informing um, the, 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 that they run off. They, the le- they went to go lesbian together in well, York. <laughs> I'm thinking that the tea is giving her life. That's that's what I would want to say. Ann Walker? Aunt the, the Ann tea, Walker? The tea is giving the one not too long for this world. Giving oh, her life. My. Oh, life to live yes. because she's bitter? Okay, <laughs> this, I'll take that. Yeah. Her bitterness is increased I think, by knowing her niece is happy. So everyone's seeing this uh, Miss Priestley storming through the estate is going, this is how I have to imagine it. Like, what? What do you do? Like they didn't see her not being a busybody coming through, but they are all noticing her storming back. So it's like random people <laughs> stopping her on the way back home, asking her, "What's She's her?" She's just own? mumbling to herself. <laughs> this is gross. What's, what's, what's this what's, fire? What are you talking about? about? <laughs> is this what? Is this, is this, is this? Like she was just walking past people, and they're like, "Whoa, someone broke Mrs. Priestley." So yeah, they're talking. The Priestleys and Aunt Anne Walker are talking about them going to York, and Aunt Anne is going on about how they're going to consult a doctor about her spine and her nerves. And the way she says nerves annoys me because she's like, "Oh well, you know the nerves," like. Clearly condescending. Um, she doesn't really care about the nerve business. To lady troubles. <laughs> like, thank you, Dr. Kitty. Thank you. Thank you. If she believes they're connected to lady troubles, that would be better than just what I think she thinks, which is historical nonsense. Oh, no. That there's no real value to her being spoken to about her nerves. But yeah. And so Mr. Priestley is like, but she has a doctor here. <laughs> Dr. <laughs> Kenny. And Aunt Ann Walker's like, yeah, well, you know, Anne let us know what she thought about Dr. Kenny. And she's like, well, he's. <laughs> that Dr. Belcombe is not a provincial quack, unlike Dr. Kenny, who obviously is. Oop. <laughs> wow. And the husband is upset because he's like, well, Dr. Kenny's a fine doctor, isn't he? <laughs> 
I was like, where are we getting those facts? He hasn't he hasn't cured on in Lister. Like what At what all. has Dr. Kenny done? He didn't save the glanded horse. What has he done to prove that he has actual medical skills besides gossiping? But what do they talk about that is basically just an excuse to get her away from her family? <laughs> and that she'll probably be in Paris before long because, well, Miss Lister's very convincing. Well, I mean, I think if Anna Lister wanted to go to Paris, she would go to Paris. But since we know that they're going to the doctor, then why not just assume that they're going to York and coming back? Like, you know, what's interesting, too, is that Mrs. Priestley volunteers this information about, well, she's probably just wants to get away from her family. You know, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, grubble, grubble. Yeah. <laughs> and then her husband, like, looks at her like, bitch, what did we, we say? Just had a conversation. We just had a conversation this morning saying, let's not talk about it. Let's just let the shit die. Let's just try to be cool and just like reserved and just not be around Anne and just not bring it up. And here she is. Literally, she cannot stop talking about it. It's because it's on her mind 24/7. She's obsessed. She's fixated. Mrs. I mean, Priestley, I guess you I need, would be too. Need... She needs. She needs to get laid. <laughs> she needs. Yeah, it's been years. <laughs> it's been years. I'm sad for Mrs. Priestley's uh, nevers because they. Mm. It's like uh, the Listerwick mine. It's been shut down. <laughs> <laughs> Because I know she's not incurring no damn crosses. If she was, she might be a little less tension-filled about the rebels that are happening here. <laughs> oh, I think Aunt Anne says a line, something about the unspoken is not always unspoken, William. Implying that, yeah, I know that my niece is probably on the grubbles. We don't have to say grubble out loud. Ahem, Eliza, we don't have to say it out loud to know that this is what's happening at the crib. Is this when they take us to, to York? I hope in Paris, when she says she'll have her in Paris before we know it, it's like what we said in the last episode oh, when we right. decided that Paris meant grubos, tandemos, right. like not just going to Italy, but to Paris. Right. So Anne Lister, day. her thing is is Italy, but I guess people who think that they know or understand how Anne no, that's works, just they, have they been... don't know. They don't know. They don't know. Any... They don't know how <laughs> lesbian sex works. If they did, they might be they, a little less stressed out themselves. They'll go to Paris before we know it. That's it, just our saying because we know they're going to Paris. The 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 Rawsons and the Priestleys and old Aunt Anne Walker, they don't have any idea except that Anne Walker's smiling too much and something's wrong. Or, you know, now I have to look at the map only because I want to see the distance between uh, Naples and like Paris. And to Far see enough. if it... Waters. Right, right. Waters right, separate. Right, right, right. So what if it's like self-understanding of selfs like um because not everyone procreated for the sake of pleasure right and let's say analyst was uh wait you said not everyone fucked for uh, the sake of right, pleasure right, unfortunately pleasure, right? <laughs> and so let's say that someone like an analyst would understand more intimately where several erogenous zones were. I would you like to I mean? assume that because uh, Anne Lister is an educated woman and uh, she likes to read a lot of books okay. that she would read, especially as she was endeavoring to discover her own body and, you know, things about her attraction to the women and her arousal things or whatever, that she would discover the points. I mean, I already said that, you know, sometimes she would get a grubble with herself with like, you know, a mirror and just muse like, okay, let me, <laughs> let me, let me grubble like this <laughs> and write down the scientific <laughs> facts of this grubble. Right, exactly. But really it's just you know, it's um, creative ways of, of pleasure. So I do think that if you know yourself really well, you know your own body and what feels good, that's the first step maybe if you're a woman who enjoys pleasuring other women because you, well, you've, you've got a starting point. You're like, well, right. let me try this. Right. And then, you know, tweak as needed. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a nice base point. She's like, nature is my guide. <laughs> hey, <laughs> nature. I suppose you just. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So after this fuck shit, and they are gossiping about our ladies in York. We actually cut to York 
get a nice little crane shot lowering down on a busy street. There's some soldiers and altar boys. It all looks very gay. A woman trying to sell flowers. And then we transition inside of one of these rooms and uh, we find our ladies. And an N. On the goddamn oh. grubbles. But like sweet romantic yes. grubbles. And we enter the room and uh, Ann Lister is, well, at the moment she's topping Ann Walker. And appears to be in the throes, uh, who Ann Walker appears to be in the throes of ecstasy or just like post, post going to Italy just right after. She's got a big smile. And I would assume like she's on O number seven. And quite frankly, here's what I think. And I'm just going to take this little side road, but not too deep into the road because you know how I can be. Mm. But like we were talking about this before and I forgot to mention, I think it was on the historical nightcap about where you're like, I wonder if there's any note of the O's. Well, there are times in other books or earlier books and entries and recounts of Ann Lister's time, especially when she's seeing Mariana heavy. As she writes it down, she'll be like, eight kisses for Mariana, 10 kisses for me. And so kiss wasn't always kiss. It was sometimes right. a euphemism for catching that O. And so that is proof that I forgot to mention existed out there in these streets of the multiple O two centuries back with two Georgian bitches on the grubbles, but it's oh, there. Right. And so part of me feels like Ann Lister's older, like she's 41. Like you don't necessarily have to be counting your your, your O's in your diary then to, to for us to know that, okay, there was six or seven. Because again, just look at the evidence of what happens to little Miss Walker and also science that there were multiple O's. You know, I forgot what took me on this side route. <laughs> I think, we're, oh, oh, um, oh, we're in the room. Yeah, right, right, we're in the room. So I would say, I don't know what you're going to guess, but I'm going to choose a divine number, like seven. And Walker had seven O's just then. I like, I like, like how loose our curls were. Right, That's right. real loose. Right, right. So at least What's five. your number? At oh, five? least Conservative. Five. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe uh, the the peonies selling woman downstairs was throwing them off rhythm. Would you like a peony? Would you like a peony? <laughs> what the fuck? What she, uh, the flower sell the lady. The flower lady. Well, what is she? What are you saying? Would you like What's, a what? A peony. Peony. Oh. <laughs> I said Sorry, they were trying to throw them off Like what the? What I is going can't. on down there? Oh lord. Okay, so yeah, and Lister lays down next to our thirsty Miss Walker, and they look pretty, pretty in love. And, uh, and so I thought she was going for the journal to make a short entry. But she instead goes for her pocket watch instead. So Always get- checking a damn time. And then she's like, oh, no. Uh, Dr. Belko. Dr. Belko will be arriving in 20 minutes. And, of course, uh, our goddess of thirst is like, no, 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 no. Put the, put the <laughs> watch Put the watch away. Put the watch away. <laughs> put that shit down. What you doing? He's not here yet. I right. mean, damn. Like we, got, we got time. And and what do we have here? We we also have these bitches Aww. in some goddamn negligee. Yes. Or rather, the closest we can get to negligee for the motherfucking, these motherfucking Georgian times in the 19th century because they're visible thighs. And I feel like that's extreme. Yes. In these times. In these times, when all you see is a neck, a really long right. ass we neck exposed. Were, yeah, we saw yeah, a piece pornography. Of thigh? Right. That was pornography. That was straight up pornography. Yeah. That's that's why Ann Walker has no choice but to have smiles in her, in her fucking face. She, she'd been trying to get a vision. And imagine how rare that is. That's one of those things where, I mean, sure, you if you're sleeping with someone, you see your lover in a, in a light that no one else does. But quite literally for Ann Walker because Ann Lister is never out here in the streets really with her hair down curls undone no braids actually because she was just in the the night chemise or whatever that was so it's different it's like, it's like a nice really especially private yeah, vision that only the these two women would have of each other which is, I like it maybe like a personal maid 
Like a real Oh, like a Eugenie who comes right. in because they don't give a fuck about what Jeannie what Eugenie <laughs> sees or says or does. Yeah. That tracks. Yeah, she's like, Dr. Bellcomb is coming and Anne is like, not before I get three more O's, bitch. So <laughs> why don't you put your stopwatch down? Let's get back to um to Thang. And Anne happily obliges. And let's do that. <laughs> she's like, you know what? You're right. We can get in three more. We get in three more. You know what? You're a fast learner. I like and this. Somehow, by the grace of all the saints, they do accomplish their goal and are decent in time for the doctor's visit and evaluation. Right. And I'm pretty sure he's like... um, well, you seem like you're absolutely radiant. Like, <laughs> Right. And this is Mariana's brother. So he knows all about what ladies can get up to. Uh, oh, yeah. He sure does. Mm-hmm. And so Dr. Belgom comes out to speak to Ann Lister after he examines Ann Walker and basically is like, oh, you're the best thing that ever happened to this bitch. I mean. TLDR, you, that's, it's you. You're doing great. You're doing wonders for her that he examined her and that she basically has, what is the phrase he uses? That her root cause is hysteria. Doesn't he say that? He uses the word hysteria. And Anne asks if that's all in her head, if that's what it means, it's all in her head. And he's like, yeah, but that's not to dismiss it. That's not to dismiss it, of course. And of course, we hate the use of hysteria for other things like anxiety or potentially depression or nerve yeah. pain because she pain. wasn't hysterical she was in pain so um but that's what he says he seems to be certainly more empathetic to miss walker than kenny dr kenny was and then says that mental suffering can be as acute as physical suffering which we know but because that we can't see it in the same way that we can see physical issues people tend to dismiss it but that she's had a lot of bad things and tragic things happen to her in her life yeah and not everyone is equipped to deal with it in the same way Hint, hint, Ann Lister herself, who's a very strong person. It's like, everyone can't be you, Anne, unfortunately. So when Anne asks what she can do to help Steph, which is Dr. Belcom's name, or maybe it's Stefan and she just calls him Steph. I don't know. He's like, I think you're doing it right now. You're doing, you're doing what is the best thing for her. And he mentions that she feels like a, she said she feels like a fraud because she feels so different and so much better when she's with Anne. And that's just like, oh, Ever since she was befriended by Ann Lister, her whole life has improved. And right. It's like she's living and is like vibrant. Yeah. And Ann Lister is totally thrilled, beaming while he tells her this information and asks if they're planning to travel. Because if not, you must persuade her. She's like, bitch, I've been working on that since our first day date, actually, trying to get on the travels. And she's agreed. And he's like, great, you lesbians. That's, uh, that's, that's all the advice I have is to continue to be gay and travel. That's it. And like, I'm not I'm not sure how sound that medical advice really is for Ann Walker, but I'll I'll take it. I like it. Yeah, I had feelings only because I was happy that it was a uh, it wasn't Kenny saying it, but it sort of it felt better coming out of this practitioner's mouth. It felt like it was coming from a place of benevolence versus malevolence. Like he yes. was just trying to be honestly helpful. Like, hey, she has issues. They're not all entirely physical things we can see. And given our limited ways to help people at this time, one of the best things you can do is, you know, happiness, you know, travel, comfort, self-love. All those things will help reduce physical ailments. And he's right about that. So at least. And then uh, he gets to this is a very angsty episode, although I can't believe I say that when there's more to come. But, you know, there's oh, there's, there's more to come. You saw in the preview. Yes. But he. <laughs> This is probably the most amount of petty outside of Anne and Mariana that we get this episode 
when he asked Anne, oh, have you heard from my sister? Have you heard from Mariana? Have you written? Has she written? And Anne has this smile while she's like, yeah, I've written, I've written to Mariana. In fact, I told her we were coming to see you. And then we get a cut to our favorite ex. Yes, I, okay. <laughs> so uh, me watching the scene, what's this? I needed to understand the place of knowing from the other end of that table. So is this like, uh, was this a pairing of father and daughter? Is that what this was? What do you mean? That's Mariana's husband. Oh, my day. I can't believe you just said... <laughs> Is that the one we're waiting to die? That's Charles. That's the one that's yes. <laughs> Wow. You didn't realize that Wait was Charles? I can't with you. That's fucking Charles. That's what, that's what I was screaming. What I was like, Charles the... is mad shady, B. What the hell? What do you mean, what the hell? He got stuff. He got... And quite frankly, <laughs> given the years he's put up with Mariana's fuck shit, too, like, he has, he has things to say. <laughs> I like that he's shading the fuck out of Mariana here because we cut to the lot in the state and she's reading this letter from Anne where Anne is like, I told her we, we, and that's a big thing. We, we, we are traveling to York. We, Mariana's no fool. And motherfucking Charles is like, oh, what, what scintillating chit chat from Miss Lester Mm-mm. in your latest letter? Because he's nosy as hell. And given what we know about him discovering letters and being like, oh, y'all bitches, uh-huh. y'all bitches waiting for me to die. So he can run off and grab Right. So uh, then... <laughs> When she reads that, yeah, she's done Also, alone. did you see how they were sitting? Yes. Like, it was so melodramatic. Yes. There's 85 chairs in between you two. Yes. Could we get any more hat <laughs> in this fucking situation? Good Lord. And so... When she says, uh, she's, yeah, she's with uh, Oh, Ms. nothing. Walker. She's in York. She's in York with uh, one of her neighbors. What is it? What is her name? <laughs> oh, a Miss Walker. And he's like, a Miss Walker? He's like, oh, that's a woman. Sounds like a woman's mm. name. Sounds young. Sounds pretty. Mm. Like, he just adds all that mm. shit. He's so fucking petty. And then he's like, oh, uh, Miss Walker, I see. Is there no end to Miss Lister's selflessness? Like, yo! <laughs> the way he just trolled his wife. Yes. I yes. just, like, yes. I'm sorry. I love it. <laughs> that kind of ridiculous petty. Why not? And the look he gives to Mariana just reminded me of, like, one of those office looks, like, off camera. Because it's so just, like, it's so just knowing, like, like, you know exactly what I'm getting to. Uh-huh. Like, this is still polite conversation for our groom or whoever the fuck manservant can hear. But you and I both know what the fuck I'm saying to you right now. And Mariana just looks at him like, bitch, you will never right. die. You <laughs> I'm so sick it. of you. Know, right. Why are you so fucking healthy? Oh, my God. Uh, snacks? All right. So where were we? We were talking um, about petty oh, ass the table Charles. shade. Yes. Mm. Petty ass Charles. <laughs> And Mariana's looking at him like, when the fuck are you going to die, motherfucker? Like, honestly, it's that, been that years. And uh, you know what it actually reminded me of? Um, that clip from Brenda in Scary Movie where she's like, die, bitch, die. <laughs> <laughs> Diana Faris's character. Isn't that Scary Movie 1? I think it is. It might be the first Super one. vintage, yeah, it's the first one. I don't remember Johnny no, music. No, no, we don't get Johnny music because we actually transition back to York. And and Lister is walking up to our patron Saint of Thirst's carriage and starts to ask her groom about the accident that left Paul Henry with one leg. Because James let it slip the other day, last episode, that he saw what went down. And she's like, so, you know, you must have been shaken up to see your boss thrown to the fall corners <laughs> willy-nilly like that. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, I really was. I really was. It was not pleasant. And she's like, well, okay, did you hear a little boy lost his leg? Because, you know, that shit's really fucked up, the 19th century. And these are my motherfucking people. And so I got to know what's up. I heard you saw who was driving the gig. I saw, you know, you saw that shit. And he's like, I see shit. It was foggy. It was foggy <laughs> outside of his list. I don't know who told you I saw stuff. And she's basically like, oh, word, because James already dropped a dime and said you saw everything 
And you think that the cult, driving the cult was Christopher Ralston. So what's up? The hard castles on my people, like I said. And he's like, okay, I, I see what you're saying. I basically said, yes, yes, perhaps I may have seen Mr. Ralston. But, you know, both my brothers work for Mr. Ralston and he's a motherfucking magistrate. So, um, you know, the corrupt powerful. What am I supposed to do about that? And Anna's basically like, uh, there's other magistrates. He's like, girl, they all piss in the same pot. We can't trust these bitches. They're rich, corrupt, and powerful. Look at that. Eat the rich. Back in, was this? If anyone should have the eat the rich sentiment, it should be these motherfucking people and children working in coal mines. Agreed. It's a rough life out there. 12-hour shifts. That's not right. And basically, he's like, there's different rules for the rich. You should know that, actually, Miss Lista. So you're out here trying to get me to put my neck on the line for who? For Henry? <laughs> it's hard out here. It's the hard knocks, man. We all gotta, we gotta look out for ourselves. I think he basically ends it saying like, I could have seen it, but I could have not seen it. I don't know. It's easy to be mistaken. I don't know. It's easy to be confused. I don't know. And so he shooketh, but with good, with yeah, good with reason. good reason, yeah. And then uh, our patron saint of thirst grazes up with her presence and poofy uh, shoulders. Yo, she on, she on a glow up. <laughs> She's on a glow up, and uh, she debuts a new gown mm-hmm. we've not seen before. And you, yeah, you, you yelled color theory out when we were recording yes. during the watching and yes indeed because let's talk about it this gown is a bit of a deep crimson rose color and i love it because it's such a an actual contrast from the the light pink yes that we saw her in last episode what was the first thing that came to your mind when you were yelling color theory only that um th- this is more of um a, a an actual choice or decision this is like a dedicated uh, this is like a dedicated choice. Like it was with thought. This is it, dedicated to the one I <laughs> Like um. it was like, to me, it was like, uh, I almost want to use the term like impulsion, but not more so like, uh, a, I don't want to say a ripening of feelings, but in a sense, yes. But yeah, yeah, no, I mean, continue, but I agree. Yeah, it's like a ripening of feelings where she's, again, she's feeling more and more like herself. And she's like, the doctor's been saying that she's actually improving in condition with the things that, by being surrounded by things that aren't like, you know, upsetting her, her balance, her, her, her feng shui and stuff. I would agree because we, like we said, we just look at the difference between last episode to this episode and she had on that really that really bright pink that she was wearing and a lot of color theory depending on where you're looking the overall ideas that you get is that you know the color pink is like the color for a type of unconditional love or nurturing compassion um understanding and when we think about the kind of grubbles we were on but especially also the note that we got and that beautifully staged scene at Cronest in the satin pink dress that all kind of fits with the type of romantic, affectionate, intimate sort of setup that we were getting, very gentle, sort of loving energy. And then, you know, you contrast that with with this deep red crimson rose that we see and it's like, it's the color of blood. It's a color that denotes love, passion, desire, heat, longing, yeah. lustfulness, man keenness. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's like a, I would say a more vigorous romantic emotion. Like it's, like you said, it's robust. Yes. It's, yes. it's intense. And of course it can also, on the opposite end of the spectrum, reflect other types of intense emotions like rage, anger, danger. And so it's interesting that Ann Walker is wearing this considering 
where we are in the episode. So who really knows how much thought goes into it? But I have to assume when you spend 20 years planning a show and people get paid to do whole jobs, that somebody out here is probably considering a little bit of color theory when they're working with this palette with right, Ann Walker and Ann Lister. And right before she gets to her carriage, she notices, like, uh, I guess Eugenie cuts ahead. She's like, uh, Eugenie's is, in is her Eugenie own world because right? she's not feeling right. <laughs> Ann Walker's the only one who gives a goddamn. She's like, girl, your your lady's made. She looks a little pale. Is she is she good? And what does Ann say? Like, oh, she's fucking useless, Eugenie. She gets carriage sick. And it's like, girl, can you have a little piece of compassion for your lady's maid, please? She is not okay. We also have to note that in this gown, this crimson delight that her sleeves are the largest they've ever been like yes. truly like just look at them because it also was long sleeve so it's definitely the largest it's ever been and you know with thirsty miss walker beaming on her way to the carriage it's all very symbolic and nice as she walks in everyone's on cloud nine which immediately gets me scared you know i'm back to that that jaunty jaws music with mrs <laughs> Priestley's bonnet in the water and uh and chivalrously helps her back into the carriage and then they're back they're they're back they're back to halifax and Ideally, in their Gruber, as you so eloquently <laughs> named it. Yes, they're because yes. again, Ann Walker is way too giddy, way too ma- like way too many thirsty ass smiles. So Grubbles went down. Like I think it would oh, be yes. easy to get near in the carriage at this time because again, the dress, the sleeves, all the evidence is pointing to yes. And then we're back to Halifax at the Shibden Estate, and Mr. Washington is approaching Thomas and asking him how are things at home. And of course, it's the whole you know, dad's run off. <laughs> We have seen him. He's uh, like, same old, same old, <laughs> shitty. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I really would like to know um, what Miss Lister plans to do, you know. Um, He's like, us. what is up with tenancy? <laughs> right. Where are we going to live? The last are we thing homeless? I heard was that she was coming to speak to my father and that things would be much worse if she had to come to the, the farm. <laughs> she got lost and then, the yes, she decided to go, I don't know, to Italy, wherever she went. Somewhere. And, uh, <laughs> Um, but I still, are we homeless? Like, I need to know she hasn't, like, she threatened us then disappeared for three days. <laughs> she, that's exactly what she did. So, she, got, she got distracted. So, uh, the, uh, if you could just, I don't know, put a word in and say that, uh, we, that we don't want to be homeless. Like, that would be. That'd be cool. That'd and be he was great. like, well, you know, we'll just ask her if she's had any more thoughts on the matter when she returns from York. And then he just walks off, leaving Thomas stressed as fuck. Like that, yes. you didn't really give me no answers, bro. So I'm just going to keep tripping at this piece I of wall. would be stressed. Yeah. And then I think we actually do finally have some motherfucking jaunty music. And the ants have officially returned from York in their group up. Yay! And they're on the road back to Crow Nest. And no one can tell me that no grubbles went down. I refuse! They both had some additional O's before the haters of Halifax made their presence known, which is what they do oh, I'm in the very sure. next scene. And I'm sure. Yeah. So we're inside Crow Nest, and the Anns are in complete couple mode. This is a total yes. upgrade from the Lake District. Because when they got back from the Lake District, we were already like, look at this. What's going on? There's pairing up. Twin flame shit is happening. It's cute. And it's just, it's just even more ridiculous for this time. And... Than when we saw it with Stansfield and Delia Rawson. Actually, let me. Dr. Belcom was very pleased. Very with me. pleased. And sees no reason why I shouldn't make a full recovery. A full recovery. Full recovery. <laughs> not only did he say there was no reason whatsoever why I shouldn't travel abroad, but he said it would do me good. Well, Dr. Kelly said exactly the same. He said it would do me good. 
Can you not see a difference in Miss Walker already, <laughs> Miss Walker? Well, everyone has been asking where <laughs> yeah. you were. The, she's such a... She's such Rawson's, a... Mr and Mrs Edwards a at Debbie Downer. Everyone's been This is Eliza's impact, of course. Everyone's been We're talking about you. We've three days. Yes, but it wasn't like you. That was the anxiety. Through Switzerland and then on to Rome. For Easter, for the carnival. And then back to England <laughs> and then up to Scotland. She's way too excited. To back to England, up to Scotland, to you see Elizabeth. You must never forget, your brother died in Naples. Okay, why, Aunt well, Anne Walker? Not... I think Aunt Anne wanted to Italy's... see her physically I've been several times. And no, I but, but wait, wait, you, we, we have to go back so we can hear Anne's response. You were the I one that made a comment. You must never forget, your brother died in Naples. Out of control. Well, that's not... Well, that's Italy's, not. Italy's. I've been several times and I've never once felt <laughs> the least bit queasy. So you think this was a joke that Ann Lister was making with Ann Walker? Yes. Quite the opposite. The climate I've been to Italy be a number of times. And, it well, appears. It's in Ann Walker's petticoat. And I tell you, I've not felt the least bit queasy. Not one time. Sister. And I would take that. And then, of course, we end with... Oh? I rather think she has me under hers. Well! And then Ann Walker like... I'm delighted <laughs> to see me so well, Aunt. She's not, sadly. So, yeah, you think she was making a joke about going to Italy. You think she could have yes. possibly communicated this to Ann Walker already? Yes. I mean, there's no way to know. It's just yeah, weird. Nay, to so we'll just go with it. The it's giggle fun. was cute. It was like, I mean, oh. it's cute. I mean, well, who knows? What, well. Like, aren't you excited <laughs> to see me so well, aunt? And, you know, she's, she's like, probably, no. Like, Remember your brother at Naples. <laughs> he fucking died. Remember that? Think of his decaying corpse. Think of your depression and your, your hysteria. Think of that. Right. Go back there. <laughs> Why do you look so stable and happy? What is this? <laughs> She literally is like, Aunt, aren't you so happy to see me well? And she's like, No, um, your brother died. Uh, what about what about this? Like, let's get back to I'm things. wondering if they want to keep her in a perpetual state of like, you know Unstable, un emotional right. ground. So, so she is sort of like clinging to other people. Where it's like, stability. please keep living with me for free because I definitely need all of you around me all the time just Ugh. to do barely all my original like basic functions i need you for everything yeah i mean aunt ann walker just has to get over herself because she's still mad about dr kenny it's like it's not about the doctors it's about ann lister like ann lister's like it's me i'm the care <laughs> it's me it's really not about the doctors it's about me being in her life and what the fuck i'm doing of course thirsty ann is like i mean you acting real stressed but we were only gone three days it wasn't even a long day weekend it wasn't even a labor day four day weekend it wasn't it was short and everyone is pressed can i live can i breathe and her aunt is like, but it wasn't like you. Being happy, traveling, grumbling. That was the anxiety. I mean, can you believe it? They're literally like, what made us anxious is the fact that you weren't. So what's that about? It's different. It's different. Like this happiness is a different thing. It's a different vibe. And we don't know what to do with it. At least then, Thirsty Anna's like, whatever, Hope. I feel better. And <laughs> um, <laughs> we're going to go travel and be gay and jaunty across the continent. And then through Switzerland, not to Rome. I mean, at this point, we're feeling pretty optimistic. She wants to go visit her sister with Anne. That's mm -hmm. pretty serious business. And go all over she the lives friggin... with that children. <laughs> I know. I think Anne Walker, Aunt Anne Walker, says that thing about quite under your spell is because once Anne Lister takes over talking, Anne Walker does that thing she does when Anne Lister is talking, where she's just looking and she's like, "Oh, aren't you the best?" Completely and totally smitten, obviously, which is why the aunt was like, "Look at you! I guess you got my my niece under your spell. I can see that clearly. She hasn't looked at me for the past two minutes. <laughs> in fact, she's just looking at you. And there's multiple people in the room. I don't understand why this is happening." And and, and Lister, you know, definitely, as she always is, like, oh, no, 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 no. I think it is her that has me under her spell. Then motherfucking Aunt Anne, because she, and when she says, oh, I'm going to have to rain on your parade, essentially with bad news, it's like, having you been trying to do that 
the entire, entire time, time right. the entire visit you've been trying to rain on the parade and they've not let you do it and now there's no choice because apparently you've gotten a letter miss walker that was addressed to your other the other miss walker your auntie and she opened it by mistake because miss delivered and the minute and walker little baby gay and walker goes to open the letter she is visibly affected it does not look good oh, i'm gonna hold a lot of what I want to say about this reaction and this letter. Okay. Until later. But it is a lot. It's a lot. And she looks like she's about to pass out after reading just one line of the goddamn letter. And Ann Lister rushes over like, Bay, are you okay? All concerned and trying to hold her steady. And I really didn't like how just unmoved Aunt Ann Walker was. And I just, <laughs> the side part of my mind that loves to imagine, just imagined all the times Ann Walker from her youth to now would have been in some moment of distress. Like think about when she found out her parents were dead, either one or her brother. And that initial panic attack feeling that can come over you where you just feel unsteady, you can't breathe. And that's what was happening there. Her equilibrium was fucked up and all this that her aunt would have just been over there like. Just staring. Swirl. Right. right. Uh-huh. I don't have a hug for you. I don't have a word of, I don't know, affirm so, affirmation so or learn love. Learn to circle that train with more grace because you look like a bubbling mess right I now. I just, and I also feel like that's got to be like legacy based in a certain kind of way. Like when you, you repeat generational trauma that her mama didn't give her no damn hug. So she's yeah. not out here trying to give a piece of hug. She doesn't even know what it is. And so, and Lister is the only one who actually is, you know, visibly concerned about Ann Walker's having a hard time off this letter. And, you know, she just keeps talking. She's like, well, your uncle made some inquiries and the bitch was Ainsworth. She was thrown from the carriage. And we have another carriage death on this show because seatbelts do not exist yet. And I'm still of the thought that sinister ass Ainsworth plotted for his wife to get thrown from the carriage. But, you know, that's that's high Sight unseen. It's I don't ridiculous trust him conspiracy. And I don't like it. him. I don't like him either. No, nope. but I don't. of course, I don't like, uh, you know, the other Ann Walker. I mean, we're over here like, do you have brandy or smelling salts? And she's, she's nothing. Just, she's like, they're burying her on Monday. That's uh, that's what she says. She literally has nothing of any kindness. Nothing's there for her. At least Ann Lister was there when she got the news. And after that, we get a cut back to Aunt Ann Lister actually reading a letter that Eugenie has brought that Ann is back from York, but uh, she'll be staying the night at Cronest because I had bad news and bereavement and she's gonna stay over there and she needs to because Ann Walker is a mess. And Eugenie delivers the letter but she's looking a hot mess too. Pale as fuck and not in a good way. Uh, uh, do we get uh, Marion uh, there with Aunt Ann Lister and she kind of confesses oh, that. Oh right, she's back home. She's back at Shipton and <laughs> like uh, it, it, it might have Aunt Anne, she's like, oh, um, yeah, so um, you might want to know before Anne gets back to the crib. Um, yeah, so uh, before you left to Market Wheaton, I may have, I may, I mean, I don't know. I can't quite remember, but I just, it might have possibly escaped my lips that, uh, you know, Mr. Abbott exists, <laughs> you know, mayhaps. And Marion is just like, what? She's like, like that's the one thing I asked you, Auntie. Before I left, I was like, one thing, one thing. Don't tell Caligula. Don't tell her. And Anne was like, that was the first thing I did. That was the first thing I did with her. Your sister came home and uh, she said it was an accident, but we know it was no goddamn accident. Well, the captain was it's like, cute look, though how she tries to play it down. The captain's like, you don't, you don't have to be alone. <laughs> like you're allowed. But on Anne, be- she's like, but he makes carpets, Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy, he makes carpets. <laughs> he said, our, he said our father's father's father was, was uh, a tradesman or something. I know, they're so... They got to get their shit together. Is- oh, wait. She tried to salvage it. Mary was like, uh, he's actually a founding member of like, uh, he said something. He's, she's trying to put him in league with the bankers. <laughs> 
Well, she's like, there's something here. He's a founding member of a thing. And I'm sure as time continues to pass and we go from this gentry bullshit, it will matter. But yeah, at the time, they don't give a fuck. They're like, okay, so he's a founding member of a bank and he still makes carpets. That's one of these things does not belong. <laughs> right, exactly. But he makes carpets, Jeremy. The market weeping. I did, I, I might have... <laughs> the name of Mr. Abbott may have escaped my lips. May. What? May have. In front of Anne. Oh! An <laughs> She's so disappointed. Oh! There's and nothing just... wrong with you seeing someone, Marion. If you want to invite someone to tea, you invite someone goes. to tea. But Jeremy, he makes carpets. <laughs> yeah. He's a member of the Joint Stock Halifax Banking. She said, she said, think of the scandal, Jeremy. He makes carpets. The servants will talk before you know it'll get back to Halifax proper that we are actually entertaining a carpet maker. We cannot. But you're right. Captain Lister goes on on his little shtick of being a tradesman some three or four generations back. And that Anne does not recall this when she's going back on her, what is it, 13 centuries back to Charlemagne, the Listers. Oh, after this, we are actually to some sad, a sad scene. Yeah, so after... Yes, here we are. All right, so after that, we cut to the lower quarters where we have Eugenie. She's doubled over and... Is it lower quarters or just the, uh, the, the servants' quarters? quarters. But That's I, see, I get up. it. My mind sits that way from Downton Abbey where, you know, everyone oh, right. who was of the house, they resided upstairs. And then everyone who right, served in the right. house, they all lived downstairs. And then even in the title art, it's like you see... A shadow so symbolically, of the tops. symbolically, there's down, they're downstairs. They're downstairs, I'll take right? That. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, she sets her down in front of the fireplace and is trying to, I guess, communicate. And I don't want to say her best French because that's that's, that's oxymoronic. That's, yeah. <laughs> so she's she confides, she confesses, and says there's been a lot of bleeding, and she thinks she lost her baby. And you know, to provide her comfort, she just says, you know, I'll just I'll I'll make you. She said she was looking to get some sugar. Like, I guess she wanted to get a spoon of sugar I mean, for it's, this tea. It's the, and, yeah, it's the 19th century. And, yeah. you know, the British don't got, I mean, they're not in the Caribbean. You know, they don't got <laughs> coconuts and mangoes on hand to lift your spirits. She's like, let me get some tea and sugar. That'll that'll help. And then, uh, you know, baby, I think that's baby booth. And he's like, wait, what's going on? She's like, I'll tell you later. Like, because, you know, I guess he was he's concerned. Yeah, Eugenie, she's feeling real upset, like most people might, that she wasn't necessarily keen on having a child out of wedlock right. with a ba- dead baby daddy. Now but now she's yeah. feeling away because there was a living, growing life inside of her. And now it's gone outside of her control. And that's always going to make you feel away. Oh, actually, after this, we're to a brooding Thomas. Yes. Um, and, you know, the his mom's trying to recount over like their last moments, even though she's afraid that he'll randomly just pop in at any moment to try to kill everyone. Uh, she mentions how, you know, yeah, she's her daughter about that. is sad because she misses him. And she oh, doesn't understand Amy, why. Because she's a baby. And mm-hmm. even if your dad's a piece of shit, you're going to miss him at six. Remember that day when he messed his pants? <laughs> nah. I know. <laughs> it's like she knows her dad's a piece of shit, but she can't help but have that attachment. Like she won't be able to divorce herself from those kinds of emotions until right. she's like 15. Right now she's feeling away. So, you know, amidst brooding and whittling, uh, Thomas uh, sells the idea that, you know, his father uh, once uh, years ago hatched this plan to, uh, I guess, sneak up on a Go to America. Go to America. And of course, mom's like, well, 
when did he plan this? He's like, years ago. She's like, but when? <laughs> he's like, years ago? Why do I ask her questions? Like, I say years ago, that's it. That's the like, end, years ago. I'm not a genius. Like, I'm not Da Vinci. That's like, all I'm, that you need to know, years ago. Like, we're all in this Damn. together. And we... Mommy, you don't know I go to school. You don't have no education. I can't give you specifics. I'm currently stressed because we may be homeless. You know? Just like, leave me here to carve <laughs> my soldier toy, okay? Right. I'm brooding. Thank Ultimately. you. I mean, this is this whole episode is kind of a doozy emotionally for a lot of characters because we're back to Elizabeth comforting Eugenie about this miscarriage and she confesses that she's also had a miscarriage herself in fact two she lost two babies she says years ago and then her husband which I was just like fucking men that's horrible I get the feeling that she lost her husband connected to the fact that she lost the babies but yeah and you get this new just page of like life for you know, this woman who's basically Anne's, like, this is her main maid. And, you know, she's like, and I used to go on all these adventures with her. And then, you know, my leg. Well, in a sense, uh, once a main maid, because she seems to look back on those times fondly when she's like, I, these things happened to me, lost my kids, lost my dude. But then I found Anne and, you know, she smiles and she's like, we went on adventures and to Paris with Aunt Anne Lister, which is in, um, what is it? No Priest But Love. <laughs> they cover some of that time. And then... She broke her leg and, of course, broken bones, especially not mended the best, can lead to pain and stuff. So she wouldn't be able to run off and jaunt with Anne in the same way that she used to. But so it's just kind of I mean, they gave Elizabeth a whole ass backstory, like a really deep, intense backstory, a way for her that she could really relate to Eugenie and the shared loss of of children, loss of men. (laughs) I mean, we don't know that Eugenie really gave that much of a shit about George Playforth, but, you know, I'm sure she has a piece of mourning. If we have Ann Walker in the diaries, I'm mourning over some guy who didn't really even know that well for three months. Oh, that died three months ago. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a nice moment for them, even though it's sad. And she seems to lament potentially her lost timeline that she could have had if, if different choices were made or different things happened. But, you know, Eugenie's basically sobbing and she tells her that it's okay to cry, to get it all out. Calls her a little chicken, little pet name. And then Baby Booth, or not Baby no, Booth, John Booth John, comes running yeah. in, right? out of breath and he's just like what happened and eugenie's just like um tell him the wedding's off yep wow sorry john it's been rough eugenie like give her time and then we are on to the next scene well it's still the day that she just found out what happened to mrs ainsworth and we're back at Cronus, i believe and she's she's going through it she's sitting down and lister's trying to make her tea or something and be a good girlfriend figure out exactly what's going on and Ann Walker she doesn't want the tea she just looks fraught with tears welling up and so she just sits next to her or opposite her with her own tea and sort of begins caressing Ann Walker's knee or thigh a little bit and comfort and ask her if she wants to talk about it to Zanesworth and Ann Walker's like no (laughs) she was always so nice and you know so good yeah she was a good person and that she helped some poor people I guess before she died then Ann Lister's like well you guys must have been very close because, well, you know, and immediately Thirsty Anne is like, why do you say that? Why do right. you say that? And it's like, girl. She's like, not close like like us. And it's like, isn't it obvious? You're really affected. She's like, well, not like we are, if that's what you're. We, were, we weren't grubble mates, if that's what you're wondering. And it's like, that's a little bit of a, a little bit of spice, a little bit of spunk I mean, from Ann Walker. It's with reason because it's she's trying to keep a secret. You're my so, little secret. She's like, you know, me and Mrs. Ainsworth, we didn't get on like how we get on. She's so, like, bitch, that is, <laughs> it's not for the grubbles. What are you thinking? But yeah, it's interesting that she just jumped to those conclusions herself and Walker. That's her thirst. 
And Lister just kind of sits back when she hears that. She's like, okay, like, <laughs> I didn't say all that. I might have been thinking it, a little piece of me, but sure. And then Thirsty Anne continues that it's really all about death, anything to do with death, and that it terrifies her. And we end the scene with Anne Lister looking very concerned, and Anne Walker still distraught. And this is all the same day, because I feel like we cut to a scene of them at tea, and she's out of the big poofy dress. Yeah, but that's after this scene. That's in the morning. After oh. Anne has stayed over and they're eating breakfast. Oh. And then she suggests going to see the Priestleys. Because that's what happens. That is the first time we actually see Anne Walker in the following scene. Bit of a hot mess. Because, well, she's still hot, but also a mess. She's not together the way a Georgian lady should be at, you know, whatever, 9 or 10 in the morning. Her curls are non-existent. No giant sleeves or gowns or potpourri. She's literally just sitting and, you know, robe or something down for breakfast while Ann Lister is suitably dressed, which I think is another indication of this massive emotional shift that we've had in our patron scene of thirst. She's just sitting there. She's kind of doing a nervous tap with her finger, which Ann notices, Ann Lister. And that's when she suggests making a call on the Priestleys. Yeah. So thirsty Ann is just like, what? I'm not even dressed. Why? And Lister's just like, right now, first thing, we should go. And Ann Walker's just like, why? <laughs> but they've, they've seen, she's seen us do things. And it's like, well, I mean, but she didn't. <laughs> yeah, and she says that it's really so that they don't skulk and avoid her because if they do, they will look like they have something to hide or be ashamed of. And they haven't. You know, they're just two respectable women who choose to spend time together. And that is all. And Thirsty Anna's like, but she saw us kissing. And Anna's like, she didn't. Really? Not really. Not really. Not I mean, really she saw right. your flushed face. And I mean, right. that's... She's like, but anyway, that's not the point. As long as we act like nothing is wrong, then nothing is wrong. Right. And if she talks to people about shit, then we'll be able to parry that shit and play it off. But it's like too late, and that ship has sailed. She has talked to everyone. I agree. She did to talk, talk to, to one too many people. And Ann Walker's just like, I, I feel like she's just in a bad way. She's having a bad morning. She doesn't want to fucking go anywhere. She wants to stay in. And she's just looking at her like, but why? Why do we have to go right now? Does it have to be right now? And Anna's like, oh, I like to, I like to get on with these things. I just like to get on with my day and handle shit and uh, get it she's done. She's trying to introduce the jaunt into their relationship. You know, sometimes is... you don't want to jaunt, though. Sometimes you want to chill. And Ann <laughs> Walker wants to chill right now, but Ann Lister's not going not gonna to let her do it. And she's like, well, they, they should be delighted to hear about what happened with you in York. And the next scene is this actual call to the Priestleys. Uh, this would be them sitting down with the Priestleys. And it seems like Annalista is uh, definitely trying to take the lead in saying how much improved uh, Ann Walker is. As I mean, nobody's talking when well, we come yes. into the scene. It's awkward yes. as hell. Oh, yes. Yes. Ultimately, lots of awkwardness. It's just like, well, you know, given the circumstances, uh, if we don't count the fact that, you know, Miss that Miss... Uh, that there's Miss Ainsworth's dead. If you don't count that that news and us reacting to that and us bereaving and grieving, you know everything's fine. You know conditions improved. Doctor said everything's fine. Um, <laughs> she was about to go to the extra step and say, you know, and it, there's actually even traveling in the forecast. Like this is all very exciting news for us and for our, and Walker. And then you know, it was a very um, it wasn't hitting as well as it was hitting for. Elder Ann Walker when they first I don't got even back know if it was hitting for Elder York. Ann Walker, but she could definitely see visible happiness within her niece. This is a complete opposite right. from the this morning. Is... There's no enthusiasm. And Lister's on her shit and it's still the wee wee wee. But before she was finishing Ann Walker's sentences and she was exuberantly volunteering it. And now Ann Lister's basically like, right, right? Like wasn't it right? Right? Mm -hmm. Wasn't it great? And she's like, Oh yeah, it was it was great. <laughs> 
The Grubbles were fun, <laughs> I guess. And oh, there is something that Mr. Priestley says where he volunteers their house. For Mr. Ainsworth to stay in, and Baby Gay Ann jumps at that. She's like, "Yes, yes, yes please." That's basically that. the only time she shows life. I don't want him living here. That's the only time she shows life because what we, he's not living there. He would just no, be visiting. That's but, so different. But there's a thing that he would have been doing had he. I'm not there yet, but yes, there's there's just, yes. I'm, I'm I'm. So that's the only yeah. That's the only time she shows a sign of life is when they volunteer to take Mr. Ainsworth's visit off her hands. And she's super excited about that. But then it gets awkward again when Anne tries to transition from the sad news about Ainsworth's wife to all the fun grubbling they had in New York. In New York. In New York. And Eliza is just like, bitch. Because <laughs> Eliza turns her head. Like, Anne is like, so we were in New York. And Eliza's like, I don't even see you. I don't want to look at you. I'm going to look over here in the corner. And it's, yeah, it's just such a contrast when they got back. And the very first scene we see the men with Aunt Anne Walker because this is just, this is what I call a crash and burn quite frankly. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, because Anne might as well be the only person in the scene. She's the only one talking. It's just her. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone else is like, this is weird. Yes, because Father Priestley, I mean, he could care less about any of this. He, he just wants his wife to stop talking, period. Yes. Did you notice how uh, distant they were sitting from one another? Uh, oh, Anne Lister. And Anne yeah. I, that's, that is interesting. It could also be a sign of just how the Priestleys have their their situation but it could also be as we've been talking about symbolism in these scenes that that could also be that that there's a bit of a separation that's happening between the two women and now they're sitting in this separated situation i'll take that and you know when they get out and lister's like i think that went well (laughs) and walker's like did it it? are you are you sure because were we in the same room (laughs) were we at the same (laughs) call because it was a very dry situation it was fraught with tension (laughs) matter of fact it almost cut my cheek it was so tense in there i'm stressed out and then Anne is like, well, I, it went well enough. How about that? Mm-hmm. Well enough. There were no fire set. So progress. Then Alyssa drops another bomb and says, oh, gotta go. I have to see to some affairs at Chip the Hole. And, and Walker's little no! heart. Right, exactly. <laughs> Immediate pout. Like, no! Like that, the puppy, the puppy looks they give you where you're just like, you're literally breaking my heart with this look. She's like, how dare you? Take me to and the Anne. moss house at least i know she's like what is the estate what did i say in the recording take your girlfriend to work day that's right. what she wants she's like why do i have to be left behind like i'm really stressed out today it's a, there's a lot going on in my life i don't know if you've noticed but i'm just i'm dealing with it and so she protests and Anne is literally like i have to i i have to go home like i'm the lady of the house like it's my property i have to go see men I have to go see what they're up to i have business to do i just i gotta take care of some shit they could be I'll all be doing everything wrong right now like literally everything. right now they probably are doing everything wrong yeah, so actually, let me cue the jaunty music. Yeah, I, would, I, I hope at this point there is jaunt because she's, in my heart of hearts, she wants to hurry back to her lady's side. So she's going to jaunt through the property. So she can straight. get everything done. Yes. Well, cue the jaunt. And uh, Miss Lista is back home. She's had a very eventful morning with Miss Walker. But I think she's still mostly feeling optimistic about what has happened from their trip in New York and all the time they spent in the Gruber. What is it? She says hi accordingly and then she mm-hmm. greets her sister Marion in the drawing room. Yay. With one of those aggressive kisses. Aggressively affectionate, which is adorable. And she's like, so how was uh, Market Wheaton? <laughs> how was Market Wheaton? Whatever his name is. She didn't even mention that motherfucker. Know, she's never going to bring him up. Never. And then we see that later in the episode that she literally does not even acknowledge that his name was said. Um, but she's like, oh, yeah, everything's chill. And then Marion actually asked about Miss Walker. This is her trying to get in good. She's like, auntie told me that she spoke to you about Dr. Abbott. So I need to make sure that we are 
as amoroso as possible. And uh, she's like, she asked about Miss Walker. And she's like, oh, she's great. She Actually, no, there was a bereavement. So uh, it used to be great. It was great this morning, but not so great this afternoon. And then she tries to jaunt off. Like, I have affairs to attend to, and I've got to go to Halifax. And her sister's like, well, I have to go to Halifax. And she's like, well, I've got to go to the, well, to the pit. Well, you forgot the <laughs> fact that she mentions that Jeremiah Rawson is actually there for her. And, and has that look like, oh, whatever. Oh, <laughs> this yeah. motherfucker's back after she's talking about Ann Walker being knocked for a six. And then she does is like, well, I'm going to go to Halifax after the, after I deal with this motherfucker. And she's like, oh, me too. And she's like, oh, well, I'm going down to the pits. And she's like, oh, well, I'll go too. I mean, not to, not the, pits, to the pits, but but you to Halifax, we can talk. And jaunt because they do kind of she because she keeps up a little bit with her she sister. Does. Doesn't she? Yeah, she goes in to see Jeremiah after this, and he's basically like, "Oh, I heard you were in Halifax or something, or you went to York." And she gives him a look like, "Bitch, that's not that's none of your business." But why right. are you concerned right. with what exactly. I'm doing and where I'm traveling? How does that have any ties to you? He's like, "Well, I would have appreciated you telling me that you were traveling though, because we're trying to wrap up the shit about the coals." Yeah, but you remember that first time you came over to my house to ask about coal, and I wasn't home. But you thought that just because you picked a good time for you to show up, that was convenient for you, that it should work for me. But that's not how my life works. Like She's like, I was always I'm indifferent, not, ho. I was always indifferent. You don't predict me. You make arrangements with me. Now you know me better. Right. <laughs> You'll find that I'm much, much harder, is what she said. And so she's got things to do. She really has things to do. For all you know, she was in York talking to the other person interested in her coal with all their money. Basically, mind your business, Jeremiah. Right. Oh, doesn't she mention that she was thinking of buying a new gig? Oh, didn't your brother have one recently? And he's like, oh, yeah, but it didn't work out, you know. And she's like, oh, did it? Did it not Oh, work out? He had to return it, but I get the name of the company so I can avoid. I can avoid right. that She needs company. this information. He's like, well, I, he's can, like, I could work on that. I guess. But uh, can we get back to the coals? <laughs> can mm -hmm. we talk about these damn coals? I think Anne presses for one more sentence or so where she's like, yeah, but when did he when did he send the gig back? Because he's ignoring him about the cold. Yeah, and he says like five, six weeks ago. And it's like literally right in the moment of that accident. Right. And so she's and pondering. She's like, hmm, and then she can she I think she transitions after that back to the coal business. And we get a little a little mini math scene again. Throw up and tape and he put a cold. So if I <laughs> if I don't say that at this point, guys, when we're talking about Anne Lister on her maths, am I is it me or is it an invasion of the body snatchers? Here we go again. She's back on her jaunty. Uh, maths. Yes. Ultimately, she's like, well, uh, the rate I put down was definitely for the lower beds totally. Um, but if you feel like you have the time in your uh, mining to get to the upper bed, this is the additional price for that bed. And that would be the price that I set to no matter who buys this. So it doesn't matter. And of course, he's all depressed and sad. And he's like, well, you know, my, my brother is not, he's not someone to be messed with she's like are you threatening me it's like is that what are you going here is that what we're doing are we are we yes yes he did he didn't like it so he sent it back to the manufacturer in liverpool not a company he'd recommend then is there a name so i can avoid it and, uh <laughs> obviously i can find out would you but it would be very nice if we could settle about the coal when was that <laughs> when he sent it back four five weeks ago why Confirmation. She's like, bitch, can you tell from so, the smile that I got you? Like you. I was at a loss to account for the misunderstanding between us. Why you imagine I'd sell both beds at that price is a mystery after I'd adumbrated my calculations so deftly. Yo, she said, yo, she said so deftly. She said, 
She said, what the fuck is wrong with she you? She said, anybody with and a grade school education could follow we what gotta I We got to put the screen cap of Saran Jones's facial expression when she's saying it because it's kind of like when she actually delivers the line through up and taping per corp. Like you can see the fro on her brow is like, I don't understand why you're having such a hard time understanding these, right. what I see to be easily understandable facts. Yes. Like, didn't I deftly explain to you with my beautiful maths why this is like, why are, what about, do I need to say this in French? What's happening, Jeremiah? <laughs> so... I value the upper bed and she if crosses her legs, bitch, at 160 be pounds per acre. However, I'm prepared good. to make an abatement on this and sell it to you at 139 pounds and 10 shillings per acre to show good faith. But the price of the lower bed remains the same. That's <laughs> 226 pounds, 17 shillings, <laughs> and six pence. So I can offer it to the other applicant. Yeah, you know, she's like, yeah, that look at her face, she's like, look, I need to know by the end of the week, bitch, because I got other people, you know what I'm saying? We good? Miss Lister, <laughs> there he goes on his bullshit. But my brother isn't someone to mess with, don't uh, you? Are these are these fighting words? Me. Yeah, immediately no, she's like, no. "Are you threatening me?" Like, I'm telling you for your own good. And she leans back, like, "Bitch, what do you mean? What do you mean? That's that's clearly a threat." Oh, you're telling me for my own good, so you're afraid of your brother, and you think so, I should be afraid so of your you're brother? You're saying you think I should have that energy of fear. Because she ultimately dismissed him. She did everything short of getting up to ring the bell when she told him, oh, I, I, I understand you can't agree to this uh, rate because your you brother have to runs go, shit. Right, your you brother have to runs go and shit. discuss it with your brother. So I don't know why you keep coming here to discuss things that you can't make decisions on. Like, this is getting redundant, you showing up at my place, not being able to agree to a single thing that I've said. Like, you can't make the decisions. So why are you the harbinger of any kind of news when you can't collect these facts and make assertions on your own? And this is your business. It's like, literally. I just... <laughs> so... Like, you're just... Like, he's he's just there to deliver messages. He has no real power, no actual stuff to offer to the negotiation process except being Ann Lister's bitch. And look at this screen. Look at this expression she has. Right, that's... I would take a screen capture, but Apple's a bitch about oh. letting me screenshot HBO. I know, it's like, I just want to be able to share the screenshot. I'll take a picture with my phone. So, where, where are we after this? After um, Shooketh Well, she Jeremiah. said that after that conversation, she'd need to go to Halifax. And that's then right. Marina said we get she needs to go as well. To the pits. So, yeah. Actually, no, we're not no, in the pits. It's, it's, it's them, yeah, them jaunting down to, the, to Halifax. And Marion is apologizing for the argument they had before she left to Mark Wheaton. And really, Ann Lister's being the melodramatic one here because Marion like apologizes three times and Anne's like, yeah, but still, you know, when you- <laughs> But my feelings. But my feelings. <laughs> you know, Marion's like, I said, I said things sorry. I regret. I'm sorry. And it's like, okay, because, you know, I don't like when we argue. You know, I don't like that shit any more than you do. And Marion's like, I know, and I'm sorry. And Anne's like, okay, because I know you think it doesn't affect me, but it does. And Marion's like, I know, and this is why I'm apologizing. And then Anne is still like, because it upsets my equilibrium. Like just, I, I don't even, I can't even jaunt the way I'm supposed to jaunt when we argue. And Marion is like, I know, bitch, damn, it upsets me too. And I said, I'm sorry. Then Marion adds that she's going to, what is it, Jackson's for flannel, which flannel of all the things to say, uh, to make some draws. And she's like, can I get you any, sister? And she mentions having a, what is it, like a new pattern or some shit? I don't know. But the scene is fucking adorable because Anne is like, well, actually, I'm planning on traveling with Bay in February. Aunt Anne's health permitting, of course. And it would be great if I had some new draws for wifey. That would be, that would be good. Do you think she needed to apologize that many times? I'm thinking they were both trying to apologize at the same time, but Marianne's more like the It's direct. two personality types. It's right. two personality types that 
and has a shit ton of pride and she's a bit of a dick sometimes. So I think it's it's harder for her to bite those things down and apologize. And so Marion is doing that thing where she recognizes Anne's capabilities <laughs> and her range for this type of stuff. And that's Anne's version of an apology. Like, you know, I don't like when we're upset. You know, my equilibrium. Here's this aggressively affectionate kiss. Like, I love you. Just like, can we stop? Can you stop? How about that? And so, <laughs> and so Anne, Anne has a big ass personality and Marion kind of deals with it. But also she's trying to get something too out of Anne in this scene. And she doesn't, to be sure. She doesn't get Absolutely it. No. She doesn't get it because we transition to... Well, first, for a moment, Marion's like, so you've become great friends with Miss Walker, haven't you? And Anne's initial response is just one of those, hmm, hmm. And then uh, it's kind of cute because Anne asks for her baby sister's advice and approval. Oh, is this when we see the the dirty kid with no name that's like blood, blooded? Uh... We're still in the streets. And Lister is listening to Marion ask, talk about, or rather she asks Marion about what she thinks about Anne Walker and her moving into Shipden. And that she, like, if she asked her, what would she feel about it? And she's like, oh, the, the first of many in this family doing the, well, we'd be happy for you. Hello. Because, you know, it'd be good to see you settled. <laughs> yeah. Not traveling like every two weeks. Right. That energy was very strange for me. I was like, hmm. Okay. And people want a bitch to stay still. I get that. Because it stresses her aunt out. They don't get to see her that much. Even though they like to hear about her travel, she's constantly on the move. That if she had a person, which I don't know if that actually will right, that's do much like, for her. But they're like, can you just stay put in Halifax for a little while maybe? But I love that Marion is like on Aunt Anne shit because she's like, but would she leave Cronest? Right. Because it's so <laughs> Those ceilings. Nice there. Right. Those motherfucking ceilings. And Anne is like, well, she rattles around in there. So it's a big ass place. Like, why wouldn't she come to Shipton? And then Marion's just like, oh, I'd be delighted. I want you to be settled. She says she likes her for as much as she's seen of her. Well, but I it's a sweet you know, scene. Right. So it's like, you know, that means the world to me. Thank you so much. And she's like, oh, wait, wait. Um, Well, you know, it has been brought to my attention that uh, a certain name has been brought up in conversations. <laughs> she's like, just one more thing. One more thing. Auntie uh, said she mentioned uh, uh, Mr. Abbott. Is like, that right? Mm, uh, and Anne just looks at her and spins the fuck around and right. walks off. And I'm like, bitch, you are so fucking rude. <laughs> that is so rude. And Marion is just like, Anne, Anne, I'm still talking to you. And eventually Anne is like, yes, I mean, okay. She did mention Mr. Abbott. And Marion is like, I'd like to invite him for tea. And fa <laughs> father says, but then she's like, father says, father says he can come. In fact, you know, father, so then, father. So then she's like, so what do you need my permission so, for? Right. And she's like, well, it's not really for permission. It's more of a blessing I want. But more to the point, right? Like, I you don't want you to civil. chase him. She's like, I want you to be right. civil to the bitch. <laughs> Whenever he does call and ship in, can you be civil? Can you just not have him run away scared? Please. We know that you do that with men. I'm just asking you not to do that with this one. And Anne says something horribly condescending after this because she basically starts out sweet. Like, Marin, you'll find that I'll be no obstacle to something that you very much have to heart. As long as it's an intelligent choice. Girl, What? So who gets to decide it's intelligent? You? Right. Are you the decide? She said, you, you know, she'd the hardly be doing her duty as a sister. If she to question the pedigree, pedigree of a man <laughs> that makes rugs. See, now that's the only place where it went left. Like, um, She laughed. She spun around. She was like, bitch, she makes rugs. Bye. <laughs> and Mary was just like, wow, really? It's like, wow. do you get how you could be so close to the light that you're blind to oh. what's actually wrong right. with this thing that you think you're in love with? So as my sister, I'm going to make sure that it's actually a good fit for you. 
like uh, in case he's a psychopath or something but she said you know because he makes rugs it's especially (laughs) important that i check and And the look of disgust (laughs) on her face she's like he makes rugs marion my god goodbye good 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 lord (laughs) (sighs) haven't you learned anything being a lister and yeah, we end that scene with just Marion calling after her uselessly because it's that conversation is never going to go the way she wants. And then actually we can we can do some jaunty music because Anne heads off to the pits. Oh, she's like, hey, how's it going, Anne? Good to see ya. She's like, jaunt, 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 headed to the pit, headed to the pit. I'm determined. I'm jaunty. I need to know what's going on so I can sink my own pit and do my plans and plans and plans of getting back to... The motherfucking Rossons are getting back at the motherfucking Rossons. Right. He's like, oh, good to see you. I actually have uh, those new quotes that you were looking for, for if you were to sink our pit. And, you know, she already knew her value of her upper bed. So that was. That yeah, was but she's cool. like, what's that? <laughs> what's that? <laughs> and it's a child. It's a. And it's a blood. You got to get your child. shit together. It's a fucking child bleeding from the head. She's like, what's that thing? What's, what's that over there? That? And the worker, like the dude, he's no better. Like the dude in charge, he's like, oh, it's just, uh, just a child, you know, wait, just a what, child employee waiting for cancer. Like the black long. Uh, six, seven. He's like six, seven, eight. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's just best. <laughs> and then he's like, it's best when they're small, though. It's just best when they're small because, you know, it's real tight down there. And so it's better when we have the small ones. The toddlers are best. And I'm just like, okay, the occupational hazard. Oh, wait, because that's what he says. Because she's like, what happened to the to this? <laughs> he's like oh well you know sometimes the children because they're babies they forget to wear their little hats little caps and sometimes they get scraped in the skull and i'm like that sounds like it's worse than what you're making it seem like because then he was also like and sometimes they forget about their ankles <laughs> so not only do they get their skulls grazed their ankles get torn up letting the cart catch up to their heels and i'm like how many children have had how their achilles often? destroyed right. okay by this fucking job in addition to the black lung and, uh, of course, Anne goes over to examine the boy because she can't help herself with her um, self, self-awarded self medical degree. Yeah. Dr. Anne Lister. And she has a bit of a modicum of concern for the child. But then, you know. I feel like she- it goes away. <laughs> <laughs> it does because he's like, oh, six, seven, eight. She's like, okay, yeah, whatever. I think he ends that sequence by saying, so are you still determined to go down there yourself, Miss Lister, to the pits? And she gives him a look like, like who do you think I am? Bitch. Right. Bitch, I didn't walk here. I feel like if there was just a way to talk to you, right. I feel like I pay people to do that. If, if there was a way to double the jauntiness, like it would have been like double, right? Like no, double up, we're double going up. right for real. And so that's the next scene. Anne seeing the pit for her goddamn self, and we cut to Anne being put in a cot. And again, they're being pushed by fucking children. Like this is disturbing. Lower so your head, Mister. <laughs> I think she did hit her head. It's horrible. I feel like the fettling the cot child could pop up at any moment to be like, I'm fettling these coals. <laughs> fettling the coals. <laughs> fettling the coal cot. And so despite how disturbing it is that these people are in the dark, getting the black lung on the ground, no knee pads, just crawling around in this rubble, and is looking around with great curiosity. She's fascination. Like, uh, so how many people are here? She's like, what, about 14? Uh, I think it was like, uh, was it three and... Uh, three men. Oh, you mean when they get out to the opening and yeah. they get out of the cart? Yeah, he asked, or she asked how many people are employed. And he says, five men, three women, six boys, although some <laughs> of the boys are girls. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on I in mean, this but man? I'm sure she's, you know, no objection to the fact that... She has no objection to the employing of children, so that's where it begins. Right. And then he's like, oh, yeah, the shifts run, uh, 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 seven and seven, uh, 12, 12 hours, 12 hour shifts. <laughs> there are only two 12 hour shifts and I'm sure the children are working all of them. And she's basically, 
I guess, just getting a handle on everything involved in running a pit because she wants to know it all intimately, what it looks like, who it employs, what they're doing, how many of them and all of that stuff. And uh, so they basically talk some more details about how she could set up her own pit and that hers will be more expensive than what she's looking at. And, you know, 2,000 pounds is a lot of bread. And Lister's basically like, and he's like, that's true, but you'll be laughing straight to the bank when the shit is set up and you are making it back for years to come. And Anne likes the sound of that. She's like, all right, well, so what? So I have to destroy a few children's lives to get this (laughs) pit done. Why not? It's all for the, the legend of the Lister's. And actually, this is a great place to actually put that uh, deleted moment in. It actually happens right after here, because in between on the actual recording of the show, after this scene in the HBO version, Anne is talking to, I believe, Mr. Parkhill, her lawyer, about her plans for the pit and what she's trying to accomplish with the Rawsons. And the deleted scene we found for this episode has Anne dirty after leaving the pit in the town of Halifax, just before she gets to Mr. Park Hill's office. And she runs into Marion, all dirty and shit. Right. And at first, Marion's happy to see her, but then she notices she not, she that not she's like <laughs> sort of she clouded and soot. And she's like, oh, no, no. She saw that no. soot from a mile away. She was like, bitch, I can't walk back to Shipton with you looking like this. I can't be seen. And Anna's like, what? Well, fine. I'm going to see Mr. Park Hill anyway. So fine. And she's like, well, I mean, it's enough that I have to jaunt all the way to. Uh, Halifax from the estate where we just need a brand new groomsman that could drive because we didn't replace the one that we lost because of his shoulder. And well, she says, yeah, she said it's bad enough. I have to walk anyway because it's your <laughs> fault. The groom is dead. And where's the new groom? You spend money on lots of things and you're showing me out, but you're not spending money on a groom. What's up with that? She's like, I can't even believe you went down to the pits. And Anna's like, well, I told you I was I literally said I was going to the pits. Marion, I she's said, like, hey, how that do you was... expect me to be like a, a, a married woman? She's like, but um, how, yeah, how am I supposed to get a man? Would you be dirty like this? <laughs> You're scaring the men away with your dirt and your jaunt, and I can't deal with it. You've been doing this since we were teenagers, and yet it's fine for you to be all dirty in the in middle of town. But I can't talk it to someone fine. who makes carpets. It's always carpets. fine for Anne to be dirty. <laughs> But the man yeah. I and talk remember, to can't make then, copies, But she but, tries to jaunt ahead. She tries to jaunt ahead. She fucks herself up because she shouldn't be jaunting. Because, you know, Anne is like, well, I'm going to see Mr. Park Hill. And Marion's like, well, I'm going to jaunt off because I'm pissed off. You're dirty. And Anne is like, hold up. Wait, watch this step. But it's too late it's too because Marion does a nice plant mm. oh, it's a of lot. her foot yes. into a big pile of horse Woo! dookie. Horse dookie is a I don't know if y'all seen it, but it's a lot. And, and then it wait, smells. as she's trying to get it off, a gentleman walks past like, uh, a, a, a well, gen- gentlemen, a like, dude, he right. walks past looking at Anne, and Anne is just like, "What, bitch? Good morning, <laughs> bitch. You ain't never seen a hell dirty before. Learn yourself something. This is me, Anne Lister. What up? I'm sinking bits. Can I help you? <laughs> like that was all her energy. Like, can right. I help you, sir? Can I help you? Get the fuck out of here. It was golden. I loved it. It was great. Top three moments of this episode for sure. And then now we are into Mr. Paul Hill. Oh, it's her ultimately trying to figure out what to do with her tenants that seem to be missing. Uh. The one who made the agreement with her and... Oh, you mean Thomas? Oh, wait, wait, wait. It's half and half. I feel like she mentions Soudan at the very end, but when she comes in, she's all about the coals and the pits. Yes. And she, well, she's ultimately looking to get justice for whatever was stolen. She's like, I want them to be able to pay for it fairly. Yeah, because I think the dude asks her what she wants out of it, like what her strategy is with regards to the Rawsons. And she's like, I just want to let them know that I know they've been stealing my coal and I like it and I want them to pay fairly for it and to know that i'm not gonna turn a blind eye or be intimidated by your bullshit and that as soon as she can she'll go down there and handle things herself but it's gonna take some time and the old dude is basically like okay cool doesn't surprise me they're stealing from you brother is maybe decent if by himself but when he's not by himself he's a bitch so 
right. and he's scared of his brother. So what are you gonna do? But Ace is that thing that I was like, uh, no. He's like, well, if there's anyone that's equal to, uh, uh. Mr. Austin, it's you. I was like, uh, what do you mean equal? That's the best compliment he could do in the patriarchy. That's the best he could do in the patriarchy. He's like, well, at least y'all bitches equal. And I'm like, she's above. She towers above Christopher Rawson. But okay, Mr. Park Hill, I see that you're trying to compliment the host, so I'll let it go. You were nice. I was like, objection. I had problems. I was having a fit. Objection, Your Honor. Oh, and adds that the word is that he caused the gig accident that led to a boy losing his leg and that five weeks ago he had a new gig, but then very suddenly he decided he didn't want it anymore and sent it back to his manufacturer in Liverpool. And the dude is like, well, they're witnesses and stuff. She's like, well, no, they're poor, so yeah. and then they won't be endangering their livelihoods for this. Like, and well, there's not much you can do with that. He's like, well, it's without proof, it ain't proof. What are we going to do? And she's like, well, I don't know. But can you help me out with the Southern farm situation? Because this motherfucker went missing. And I need to know what to do about his tendency legally. Right. And she's like, well, and I don't know if it's completely unrelated to the Rawsons. Like, because they could have had a hand in this, but I'm not sure. Wait, what? You mean with the Soudans? When she brings up, when she uh, does the segue into mentioning the Soudans, she doesn't put it past the Rawsons that he's missing. Wait, you... Wait, you lost me. Are you saying that she thinks the Rossons has something to do with Salad missing? She doesn't put it past the Rossons. Like, when you go back and watch it, she's going to be like... I thought she was... I thought the, the lawyer was saying he didn't put it past the Rossons for stealing from her. No, yes. But then she's... When she's trying to segue into now talking about the Salad Farm, and she says, well, another matter not like, you know, that has nothing to do with Crystal Rawson, or at least on the surface. Like, she doesn't know. I have a missing tenant. And I was like, that's that's a way to make your mind work. That's at least was so my wait, you thought. think she's connecting the missing tenant to Christopher Ross? She's she's saying it could be connected, but also that it's not entirely definite. She says it like I would have never put the two incidents in the same camp because they're not connected. We see what happens to Salden. Like we see it. Well, so, just after the fake backhanded compliment, does anybody to his equal? Oh, and another thing. Nothing to do with Christopher Orson. Not that I know of. Now I am lost. Disappeared. So are you talking about not that I know of? Yeah. I am so upset that I've taken this detour just for you (laughs) to be referencing the sentence. Has nothing to do with Christopher Orson, not that I know of. I I mean, but she doesn't put it past. Whatever. She (laughs) doesn't put it past. Fine. Fine. Ridiculous, but fine. Okay. On to the next. What is that? Dirty Anne taking a bath. She gets a note. And so Anne Lister is in a one of these vintage steel tubs with Eugenie. <laughs> I feel like Eugenie should be sitting down. She'd be taking a load off. She just had a miscarriage, but she's out here still doing work. Hard work. Hard work. So she has this note, and I feel like this is Eugenie's cue to just disappear. Because usually when she gives the note, she's like, well, I have to walk away. like Because you need to do all the reading in your mind or whatever. But um, I feel like this is what she shouts at her to, to tell her to like, well, hurry up. Well, she's taking a bath and she starts to get the letter and she starts to read it. And upon reading it, she's like, hurry up, bitch. Ale, you need to get this it's water faster. across my hand. Right. I need to get this dust off. And I know a little side note about this behind the scenes is that I saw in an interview some while ago that Saran Jones had talked about the method levels to which she endeavored to play Ann Lister, and that included growing out her armpit hair, as would be appropriate for the time, but that she was dismayed, lamented that there were no real shots of this arm hair given the struggle (laughs) to keep your arm hair about you, I guess, for shooting. And this was one of the only scenes where you kind of see her pollicle tribute there. Okay. But you also get some 
some biceps and uh, <laughs> I don't know that we'll ever see those biceps again on Saran Jones because they the sleeves the yeah, sleeves are always really long sleeves are everywhere Georgian sleeves are everywhere again I know the weather is shit in London but good lord way too many layers so yeah she's there and we, we're only looking at her in the tub for a second before she is like I gotta get back to Crow Nest I have a thirsty note from Miss Walker something is wrong and I'm like how long have you even been away since you went and did your your stuff has it been even three hours. It has not you left, been. You jaunted to the fucking town. You seen the pit, had some combos, and already your girl's like, I need you back here right away. I, know yep. <laughs> I just, I'm having a problem. And then we transition to uh, what I refer to as panic at Crow Nest. Well, I mean, this is because now it's me thinking either this is a second note that's being referenced or it's the same note. But she finally worked the nerve to read the note because she reacted to being told that Mrs. Ainsworth was dead and that she'd be buried. Oh, you don't think that she read I don't the think whole she thing. ever got a chance to read really anything. That it was just, you know, moments of cold, flashes of random heat, panic. I mean, that's probably sweats. true, but she has another letter by the time we get up in the scene. That's part of it is that he's being super aggressive and annoying and he's following up with letter after letter because she gets the yeah. one and I believe when she gets in here she's like I've had another letter <laughs> you know you know what this means don't you so we're back we're back at Crow Nest and Miss Lister is there to call on Miss Walker to see what to go on and she's like James is she in the drawing room and he's like not today ma'am she's in the library because she has a lot of feelings that she's going through and this is the more appropriate room she goes in and there's a bit of a, a sweet couply kiss that happens. And she's like, what's wrong? <laughs> Let me caress your hand. Let me caress your leg. What's going on? Are you all right? And that's when Ann Walker's like, I've had another letter from Mr. Ainsworth. And it had to do with the last account of his fucking wife and whatever. She was nice to poor people, I guess. And uh... But really, the issue is that she's feeling like Mr. Ainsworth wants to marry her. This is what we learn. Ainsworth is looking for a wife in Ann Walker. She mentions Mind that. You. Well, yeah, she's like, he means to propose. But yeah, go ahead. Say what you were going to say. Mind you, his former wife is not even in the ground yet. I mean, Ann Lister does eventually bring that up because that's relevant. Because your wife is not even cold. She's definitely not buried yet because Aunt Ann Walker said they were burying her ass Sunday. So it's not even been the weekend for this to happen. And immediately Ann's body language, Ann Lister's body language responds to this because initially she's like holding her hand and caressing and what's going on. And then she's like, okay, uh, let me get off my knees because I'm down here being deferential. But now that I hear the content you're talking about, let me get off my knees and sit down because here we go again. Are we going again? Is this where we're going again? But the shan say no, like, what are we doing? Right. This was very Verzi with this, like, it's very he wants to marry me. Very Verzi. Another dick trying to wife block. And, and so she, she wants clarification. She's like, well, what makes you think that he's trying to marry? Like, why is... Yeah, she starts looking nervous and she lets Thirsty Anne's hands go. Because she's like, I need to... But, 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 but... <laughs> what's going on? Like, well, maybe... She's like, well, maybe you're reading... Maybe you're not reading it right or something. Like, let me see the letter. Maybe well, she, I yeah, can she infer. She asked the letter and she said, no. And she said, it's mocked private. No, she didn't say that yet. She's oh. just like... No. Sorry, as you can see, no, I'm very no, angry. yeah, because she just says no, and I, I remember when I first watching it, I was taken aback because I was like, "Damn, baby gay, I want you to have courage, but not like this, right? Not right. like this. <laughs> this is courage. But what you doing?" And immediately, Ann Lister's like, "Oh, what? Oh, 
oh, we keeping we keeping secrets. Like I thought I was the only one keeping secrets about Grubbles in this relationship. Now you're trying to keep secrets like in my face. You're telling me you're gonna keep this secret, and I mean it's a lot. And you kind of see her bite down her frustration where she's like, mm, I'm having issues, but okay, okay, okay. And then she's sort of like, okay, well, if you're not gonna let me see the letter, um, what makes you think he's gonna propose to you? What what leads you to these conclusions? And I think she says something like, the intentions are clear. And then again, Anna's like, well, if they're clear, why can't I see the letter? And that's when Ann Walker's like, it's marked private. And I was just I like, can't. ouch, bitch. Ouch. Private. Bitch. You know, the I've letter been from the queer. hater in Halifax was private. You showed me that. I've been near queer. I, I think I've seen things. I know my privacy. I know things that are marked private. I thought we were doing a couple conversations. I thought we were. I thought, that's where we York. were. York. In York. I what about like, the Gruber? <laughs> Right. The grumble's on the go, bitch. Okay. Now we keep a secrets? I just <laughs> It's not it's not good. And I actually understand Ann Lister's energy here a lot. I mean, it's, it's because like, well, I mean, I won't tell. Like it's a, It's just that I'm I'm very perceptive when people have something that's going on. And that does bother me if I can perceive that there's an issue and then I ask, but then you tell me there's not. Like it's I can be annoying and fix it and be like, but, but, but the energy says something else. I don't know. Is it, I don't know. And well, a thirsty end just goes back to looking out the, the window. <laughs> and Alyssa is definitely uh, pleading and say, stating ultimately what this situation is. She leaves so her to muse in her head. Of a cloth is now a bachelor because his wife's gone. Like this is like, you know, a young girl's dream come true if, if he were to well, propose. she's being—I mean, she's being a bit bitchy I mean, and petty, but it's understandable to be bitchy and petty because Thirsty Anne isn't giving her any information. She's basically like, "I need more information." She's like, "I can't. I'm not going to tell it to you." So you're leaving. Like, remember Catherine and the Mankeen? You can't leave Anne Lister to think on her own devices about what could be going on because then she's going to go really, really far. And of course, she does the whole fan. She's like, "Well, okay. Well, I guess, I guess uh, this is what it is. That you need to be a wife. You need to have babies. One day, you'll be a grandmother." <laughs> And then you will have fulfilled your destiny as woman on this earth. Oh, and, that, uh, that was biting. That was. It really was. But of course she pleaded. And this is what Anne Walker now on her knees saying, you know, like. Well, she's like, you're cross. <laughs> and Anne said, am I, bitch? Am I? Can you tell? How did you tell I was cross? Could it be the yelling? Could it be the fact that you just told me another dude was trying to marry you? I mean, would you be cross? I'm cross. Yes, I'm cross. Excellent. Astute observation. <laughs> What is it she says that, oh, Does she Anne, ask about- Anne Walker says like she wants to be with her because Anne Walker says something about just want to be with you. And Anne Lister's response is like, well, then, well, oh, then, yeah. so, like, then, so what's the what's, question? Right. What's the what's the hold up? What's the issue? And then and there's nothing. She, she starts nothing. stuttering. She's like, what the, 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 the. basically like there's stuff I can't say to you right now. There's I can't tell you what the issue is. I'm. I can't. I'm having a hard time. And that's when Anne returns to her bullshit. Like, oh, propriety and all that bullshit. Okay, great. Uh, so there's a proposal. You're right. It's nothing to be sneezed at. Okay, fine. You know, you need to consider it. You need to consider it, obviously. And judging from your reaction, clearly, clearly you need to consider it. So that's shade. That's like her being polite, but also shady. Like clearly, mm-hmm. and acknowledging the energy. Like there's something up here. You're not talking to me about it. I don't know what to do. And that's when she's like, you know, a clergyman's wife. How nice for you. And who knows? A mother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then a grandmother. And then a grandmother. <laughs> And then you've truly fulfilled your womanly duties on the planet. Congratulations. And our patron saying of thirst can only hear so much hat propaganda before she rushes over to say that she's always been in love with Anne. And I think this is where we get her like, I'm gay confession, because she says that from when she saw her when she was 18, 19, she knew she was in love with her. But then not just then, like 14, when she first saw her jaunting around Halifax and... Her petticoats were destroyed then. Probably the first time her petticoats were destroyed oh, yes. at 14. That mm-hmm. tracks around for the 
timeline. Oh, she says that when she often thought of marriage, the idea of being with a man repulsed or forming her. any right, forming any connection with a man repulsed her. It was repugnance. And I'm I'm sure that it has everything to do she's with... like but i she hasn't finished it she's like but i and then sobs just sobs and i that's how we end the scene is that she's come over to ann lister and she's like look 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 look. i just it's i you it's only you but i the patriarchy i mean oh it's the moody post grubbles actually yes we are in Ann Walker's bed and Ann Lister's kind of looking up at the ceiling, lost in thought. Looks like she was maybe holding a Bible. I'm not sure what kind of book it is, but I'm going to assume given how religious they were to an extent that she was probably reading a Bible in bed before bed because it's like a ornate cover, but I couldn't quite see what it said. And Ann Walker is turned away from Ann Lister, which is interesting body language and she starts speaking mid-sentence probably from the thoughts in her head about how mrs ainsworth was much older than mr ainsworth and they used to joke years ago whatever that oh 15 years older and they used to joke years ago that uh you know when that she would die first mm -hmm. and um i wonder who will take care of mr ainsworth when i'm gone oh you it, any you have to you do it any because yeah. <sighs> we just pass husbands down like furniture that's mm -mm. No, nope. so gross. I think that's when Ann Lister asked again. She's like, "Why won't you let me see the letter?" Because it's mocked private. Girl, that's not a good enough answer. Like I for agree. my like Ann Lister, that is not a good enough answer. For most people, it's not a good enough answer, but especially not for Ann Lister. Like that's not a good enough answer. Which is why when she wakes up in the morning, that bitch has been sitting in her brace, just like in the chair, like pondering. She's like, "I didn't. You went to sleep. You went to sleep. I did not go to sleep." Right. Because I'm like, "What's in the fucking letter?" what's in the letter what's in the box like you know seven what's yes. in there so yeah that's the next scene um yeah and uh morning wakes angst. up and she's like what why she's what? like where's bay where are you and this is like over here over here bitch i'm stressed is where i'm over here stressed out you've been sleeping that's nice you look nice when you sleep but i'm really like we we gotta and that's where she has her endless energy because like no we gotta figure this out like i feel like she's maybe thought then at night like well, maybe i could just see how this goes but she she got to thinking about what's in the letter what's in the letter what she's not telling me by the time we get to the morning she's like no no no, no this isn't uh you have the weekend <laughs> i mean literally she's like, yeah. you have the weekend figure it out because i we need to know what we're doing Actually, me. I need to know what I'm doing. But yeah, so I glossed over a lot. I mean, her. she's what she asks is, uh, you know, if people would think that she was she would be crazy to not accept this kind of an offer. And she does imply that clearly more going on than you're able or willing to tell me, which yeah. is key because she's like, I can't deal with this when I don't even know what's fully going on. And, you know, uh, consider the proposal. But why wait six months to tell me my answer when clearly it's between me and Ainsworth so just like tell me now tell me Monday and poor Ann Walker like our baby gay is a hot mess she's like what <laughs> like she was already messed up about the six she's months like, oh, oh, she's what like do you choose? three days I was like you oh girl put that choice girl on what? my head like all right here's the thing let's say you are unhappy with Mr. Ainsworth you're gonna hold it over my head that I chose Mr. Ainsworth for you right. instead of you making that decision on your own. But also, it's your life. It. You gotta right. do the decision making, eh? right? <laughs> like it's your life, boo. Like what you what you doing? Because she goes back and forth when Anne makes that remark about like clearly there's more going on than you're willing and able to tell me and uh, <laughs> this proposal. And Anne Walker's like, well, he hasn't actually asked me yet. And Anne is like, yeah, no, but apparently. Apparently it's in the cards, right? It's in the goddamn mm -hmm. cards because like everything is... you keep saying is that it's in the goddamn cards. Right. And it would be good to have an answer ready. So since it's in the cards and you should have an answer ready, how about you do that? Today's Friday. 
I propose the weekend. And then Monday, we're done. I need that answer. And like we said, Thirsty Anne is just distraught at the timeline that she's been given. It's like telling her that she no longer has the year to prepare for the SAT. Right. It's happening it's like, in three oh, days. And she's like, oh, my God, I have test anxiety. It's not I can't handle time. it. Right. Uh, well, you better make it enough time. She's a thorough mess at this point. And Anne is just adding insult to injury by putting deadlines. Like, she's already a mess. And now you're giving her deadlines? You should have been surprised you got that fruit basket. Because uh, <laughs> she didn't know what to do. And you know, poor Ann Walker was, was definitely like, think about James. James is just outside the drawing room, outside the fucking library. And he's like, yo, she has been sobbing and throwing oranges at the wall for <laughs> the entire weekend. <laughs> what is going on? Miss Lister hasn't been here. That's weird. That's weird. She hasn't been here for three days. That's weird. We usually see Miss Lister every day. What's going on? She got, what? She got dressed that one time and that was the go to funeral. <laughs> And then she came right back home. I don't think she went. Oh, you think she went to a funeral on Sunday? I don't know. I hope not. I hope not, too. I hope she didn't travel for that. But, I mean, I don't like this discontentment. I don't like the that this is a random thing that could just be shoved to wedge uh, itself in between the bond of our, our ladies. Only mostly because it's like uh, this is what? A history. There's a thing here. Yeah, there's something here, and she's not being completely open about it, and and then also brings up the whole societal expectations. Like, wouldn't people say I was foolish if I if I didn't marry him at my age? I mean, gotta take someone, gotta take a dude. And to that, Anne Lister's like, yes, yes, they would. If you care about what the haters of Halifax think, then yes, they will think you foolish to not take this proposal. And then it gets real angsty because they both crying. And Thirsty Anne is like, well, would we still see each other? And let's just like, quick as fuck. She's like, no, no, we will not. No. How? How is it possible? I mean, she was definitely under the mindset that they would be somehow still friends. And I don't I don't even know that Ann Walker knows what she's talking about. I just think that she's trying to keep Ann Lister in her life at, at any way possible. And I think that she has such a, a low estimation of what she deserves in her life that it would be good enough to in a certain kind of way to have Ann Lister as just a friend without the globals that the most devastating reality is for Ann Lister to not be around period not just around without the globals and right. so she's upset because she's like you know we'd still see each other and Ann's like hell no nah. I think if you take him you'll have to give me up and then Ann Walker adds well not as friends just as this and Ann Lister can't take that shit she's like bitch what, what you mean like what do you mean like, this is only just I'm the gay. end of this <laughs> I'm not, gay. but we could still be that's not how this works She's, She's like, like, how can we go back to common friendship now? After all this post-grubbling, the gruba, right, grubbling the, on the go, bitch. Right. Tandemos, grubos. We went to Paris. Like, come on now. Ann Walker's just a hot mess because I think she's trying to please everyone in this situation. She's trying to please Agreed. Ann Lister. She's trying to please her Aunt Walker. She's trying to please these losers in Halifax who talk nonsense. And she's trying to please Ainsworth, which God knows why. She's trying to please Ainsworth. That's Again, the patriarchy. Why. Yeah, yeah. And you know what that means? Because she's trying to please everyone, she will please no one. Yeah. <laughs> in this time. And Anne is basically like, Anne Lister, you have to think it through carefully because you have to live with the consequences. We both do. And Anne Walker is still looking shocked as shit when Anne Lister adds that there's no going back once the decision is made. But, you know, it'll be hard to stay friends. Too painful. So we got to do this. And Thirsty Anne is like, but Monday, though, like literally. It's better Monday? to have an answer quickly. Monday? mostly, And not just because I need an answer, but because he's going to need an answer, too. But that's a lie. She don't give a fuck about Ainsworth. Yeah, I know. She's basically like, I need to do what I'm doing. I need to know how I'm going to be jaunting in the next month. And, and think about how how copiously she plans. Even when she was planning the courting of Miss Walker and things happening faster than she thought. She's a planner. And I feel like optimism works that way in a lot of, in a lot of times in order for you to retain your optimism. You have to have some things that are 
definable that you can see in the future or work towards. And if right. she doesn't have a clear idea that she can work towards this relationship with Ann Walker, then what is she doing? But Time you to know, clean the show me this, this, <laughs> Right. This That's pit sinking up, as well. Would. This 2000 pound venture. I mean, she knew I, she probably didn't immediately know, but she knew she was going to get quick money fast from a very reliable source. Uh, there's no guarantee. She's I feel get like money. she, I mean, according to elderly Mrs. Rolson, <laughs> everyone knew, but I don't know that that was. That's like Ann Lister's side motivation. Her side motivation right. is like, let me get this money, let me get this bread. But her main motivation is like, will you just take me? Will you just take my ring? Like, can we just do the thing, please? Right. Let's make this show me our home. Let's make <laughs> turn this house into a home. Right. <laughs> Let's get it real mossy. <laughs> what? I mean, it is. Oh, the moss house. I will get we'll get to obviously entries that deal with this fraught moment in the historical nightcap. But I will say ahead of time that this is where the actual pube snippage happens when you so ridiculously thought you saw some pubes getting snipped in episode episode one. one. You did not. You projected that hardcore. Right. Hardcore. In real life, the entry that is used for as a basis for part of this scene, pubes were snipped. Dramatically, melodramatically, because there were a lot of melodramatic feelings to be had. I'll take these to think of you over the weekend, but I'll need a decision by Monday. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I guess that's accurate. So okay. when I, I, I'll, I'll smell these and think of you, but I'm still mad. Think of me. <laughs> like that uh, Phantom of the Opera song. Oh, think gosh. of me fondly when you say <laughs> goodbye. I need to stop. <laughs> I'm mad you're still trying to sip. There's nothing in that bottle. It's supposed to be mango. Look, I put mangoes in my mango and mango but there's on mango. No liquid in there. The liquid's gone. But I'm trying to get you the mango. Like out. Lista trying to drink that beer. It's like, is there anything in that the bottle? Man- I'm trying to get the mango. It's hard. Use <laughs> my fingers. Best of luck. Okay, so what is our next scene after this? Is it a, is it an entry or if it's not an entry, it is. You mean her writing in her diary? Yes. Um. I think that actually is the scene. There is the a bit of an entry that recounts what happens. Right. So we hear Ann Lister say slash write, quote, I behaved as well as I could, though perpetually saying to myself, well, I care not how she decides. I care not much for her. The whole thing was only ever a game. As I left, she hung upon me and cried and sobbed aloud at parting, saying, I hope we shall meet under happier circumstances. Well, said I to myself as I walked off, a pretty scene we have had. But surely I care not much, and I shall take my time of suspense very quietly and be easily reconciled either way. <sighs> we like, take a deep I breath. Like we're like, <sighs> I mean, that's a heavy, it's heavy. entry. It's indeed but heavy. I'm hoping that that's just Lista being Lista, just being extreme, how she can be from moment to moment. Well, the moment, the way they played in the show, she's obviously affected. She obviously yeah. cares a lot. And it's, I mean, she gets to the point where she feels physically sick. And pukes in her damn pee chamber pot, which already I'm like, I hope Eugenie rinsed that before you went in there. But yeah, she feels it's so it's something that has affected her so viscerally that she has gotten to the very mortar of her of her gut of her gut where she's like, God, not again, literally to, you know, she's looking to the heavens and she's like, don't you do this to me again. Don't you do this to me again. And that's just which is it's weird because I was thinking on the diagnosis of the doctor, uh, where he's like, you know, not every ailment is something that we can see. And so the same way how, you know, family was weighing on, you know, and Walker, 
now this uh mysterious letter and person this man with a penis who's looking to wed her wife <laughs> is now the source of all of her pain right i mean just oh god like there's enough drama to be had there but that's definitely like the anxiety that comes with the instability you know of the potential loss of miss walker to a man which really is the issue you know what i mean like it's not just sad i think yeah it ends with her kind of like in the fetal position i mean she's yeah no it was not a pretty sight she's trying to recenter herself she's kind of hugging her knees and she's just like god i'm done with the grubbles i don't want to i don't want to be around you anymore it's it's the man it's a man has inveigled himself yet again with a woman you're interested in and threatening to take your prize for lack of a better phrase and she's uh, she's not she's not having it she basically hangs on to the georgian form of a toilet which is the the pee bowl just feeling sad about her life and in this moment probably depressed <laughs> like not feeling too optimistic mm-hmm. about where things are going with little miss walker and that's sad because this is not i mean in the diary she does sob they both sob and her she lets how she how affected she is be be shown to Ann Walker, but here and how they do it in the show, like her full devastation, she does not let anyone see. It's in private where she's like, I'm upset. I'm showing you that I'm upset. I'm yelling, but in private, I'm fucking, I'm literally sick to my stomach that this could be happening to me again. Oh my gosh. This next scene with the, the Rolsons, I'll I let you was... intro it in, but I thought of giraffe women when it started. Cause I was like, why are their necks so long? It must be the way their dresses they are cut. Delia Rawson had an exceptionally long neck. Yeah. Exceptionally. They... They did have. I almost want to paint it because I'm in shock at the proportions, but. But the the matriarch, she starts to, uh, (laughs) she's asking questions about uh, the dealings with Cole. Like I hear that you have this woman running circles around you. You know, she's like, she's alluding, she's teasing, in a sense, she's teasing. uh, At their failure to launch (laughs) with these coals. Oh, well, yeah, because. Yeah, she says something about, oh, she's getting you to pay some silly prices. That's what that's what your brother's saying. And Jeremiah's like, I didn't exactly, I mean, I didn't exactly. <laughs> Mom, what the fuck? <laughs> it's cute because it's kind of like Marion and, and Aunt Anne Lister. Where he's like, Mom, yo, I told you that in confidence. Like, it literally was not to you for you to bring to the whole family at tea the next day. The mom was like, I don't know. She's, she's pretty clever. So I could see, I could see what you said is happening. I think Christopher's like, yeah, well, we know she's clever, Mom. We know the bitch is clever. And she continues with like, well, that's why I like her. Her company, her conversation. Wish I had those scribbles, but. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> she's like, even though she's a bit of an oddity, I love her. She's been so many places, done so many things. And that's when we get the line that you yes. used was said by Christopher Rolson, where she says. Uh, well, it's the, the show title. Which I think it's um, most women are dull and stupid. She says, whilst looking around the yes. room and at I'm, her kid, I'm like, that's your, that's your daughter-in-law. Those are your grandchildren. Well, but you, I mean, she said what she said. She got smoke for everybody. <laughs> She's like, everybody here, not me, but y'all, y'all bitches. Uh, and then uh, Christopher comes with his nonsense like, well, happily, I'm just as clever as she is, mom. Happily, I'm just as smart as Ann Lister. And then he adds, uh, and I have the measure of her. I know what's going on. It's like, mm. Bitch, you not. To which the mother is like, oh, I doubt it. Miss Andre from Elder Rawson, she doesn't have time for it. And he's just like, mom, really? Really, mom? Really? <laughs> really, mom? And Jeremiah jumps in saying that she's been threatening to sink her own pits. 
and that she's got them over a barrel over the prices. Oh, right. He uses the phrase, given what's gone on. And some other dude in the room that is evidently, I would imagine, Mrs. Stansfield's husband. He's like, uh, oh, ha- you haven't been stealing her coal, have you? <laughs> oh, right. She's like, wait, what? And the mom was like, wait, what? What What'd he say? What did he say? What did he say? What did he say? She was about to and fight was like, on behalf of Miss Rawson's, off of Miss Lister's honor. I was in love. She's like, also, what about our honor? We out here stealing. Right. We stealing? <laughs> what? <laughs> we go to church. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> what do you mean? What happens after that? Oh, Jeremiah's just like, nothing, mother. It's nothing. It's fine. It's, it's whatever. It's whatever. Christopher goes on some bullshit like, well, she can't sing a bit anyway. It's mad expensive. If she don't got the money, she don't got the bread. <laughs> Mama Ross is like, well, I mean, she can just get She got a friend, bread. though. She got a friend with bread. You didn't hear about that. He's like, who? Who does she have? Who does she know? She's like, your cousin, bitch. Your motherfucking cousin. Your grubbling gay cousin. Your very Literally, have you not heard? Actually, the word's been just these past two days because Mrs. Priestley can't shut the fuck up. You know, Eliza, she's literally been talking this entire time. So they went to York together. They're thick as thieves. Inseparable. Does it cut to Catherine or where she's like looking, but like she's like maybe she's next not, stop Paris? Like, she's like, oh, actually, not yes. Yes, when she says that they, when she's like, um, that they're inseparable and they went to York, there's a cut to Catherine and Delia sharing a look. And it's funny because <laughs> Delia, I gotta, I gotta put it on the line because Delia has this look like she's thrilled. And Catherine looks at her like, bitch, what? Like, the vapors got you? Did the vapors got you, bitch? She said that oh, I got, got full of lips. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> These full of lips? I just, I've never looked at my She's lips. Like, bitch, I'm sorry. You don't have full lips like me. I I'm sorry. I can't stop looking at my lips. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since I met Ann Lister, I've just had a different outtake on life. And uh, Christopher's still like, really, mom? Wow. And Elder Rawson continues, maybe the next stop is Paris. And yes, they've already been there, Elder Rawson. And I love it because this is the best line. She's like, actually, I should I should just play it. <laughs> you know what oh, I'm talking about. Oh. <laughs> All right, here we go. Really? Next stop, Paris. <laughs> Maybe Miss Walker will let Miss Lister dip into her purse. <laughs> Sorry, but dip into her purse. She's been letting her dip into Yo! <laughs> I'm so sorry, lady. <laughs> Yo, Mrs. Stansfield is fucking scandalized right now. She's like, I can't believe this shit. Meanwhile, Jeremiah's wife is just like, mm, I heard tales of grumbling. <laughs> sounds, sounds interesting. Oh, gosh. Okay, so Mrs. Uh, Elder Rawson is a gift. She's the only woman in the Rawson clan outside of Delia right now who is of any interest and yes. got some damn sense. Yes. So where are we after this? Uh... It's um, our endless to working out her frustrations. You know, right. she's, she's gotta, doing men's work because yes. she's got to she's got to keep her <laughs> mind off energy. of Ann Walker. Right. She's like, I don't I'm disturbed and concerned <laughs> and stressed the fuck out. I gave myself this deadline of Monday and I don't know why the fuck I did that. And I'm just going to be tense for the whole weekend. I mean, I think we talked about this before with the whole chorgasm. Yeah, because I can relate to this, that when it feels like things are swelling out of control elsewhere, if I can give myself or I'm given a task that I can complete and do, I feel better. And sometimes cleaning, like just work, like physical labor, that that's what it is where you're like, okay, I can distract myself and I can actually do this thing and handle it. And it it's nice. An idle body can lead to an idle mind. Yes. <laughs> yes. And that can be bad when you've got Ann Lister's kind of mind. And so she's on her estate doing some work and she's literally the last person out there. Like there's a, there's a kid taking his car somewhere, but John is like, um, we usually have dinner around this time. <laughs> I see you are still, cause Anna's like, I just give it a fucking shrub. She's, 
She's upset. She has angst to work out. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, go have dinner, whatever. Y'all could, eat, go, y'all could go eat. You know, I don't really eat unless I'm at Lydgate, but I'm at Lydgate right now. So she's like, well, I mean, d- at least take this, like, swig of a beer or something. The hydrate. Like, bitch, you, oh, like, you being sweating. a hydrate. I know. That don't make no damn sense. <laughs> that was, I'm like, that's the opposite. That's the right, like, that's, alcohol dehydrate, too. That's you, not. You're trying to kill my. What? You, what? <laughs> you're trying to kill it, Lister. Give us some water. You got, don't you motherfuckers got a well somewhere over there? I mean, where's the little girl? Where's Amy? <laughs> he actually refers to her as digging like the devil, which is appropriate. But she does take the beer, and when she drinks it, you could tell, like, girl, you are dehydrated. Mm-hmm. When was the last time you had a sip of anything that wasn't your girlfriend? But, ooh, <laughs> but I'm mean, yeah. Jokes. Follow good jokes. She just, I don't know, closed her eyes and think, thought of Paris while she took that swig. Wow. Oh, then she says she needs to talk to him about Eugenie. Uh, mm-hmm. Eugenia. I'm surprised you haven't said Eugenia yet. Thank God. I've mean, not doubled over in laughter. And she starts out being a dick because she's like, really, it's an inconvenience. Girl, what? <laughs> How do you start out discussing someone's potential marriage? Like, well, actually, it's really inconvenient for me. But, uh, okay. Get married, she's she's so. like, um, well, not to worry because it's actually off. So Poor John. Yeah. He's like, it's off. It's off. It's canceled anyway. So whatever. It's fine. I guess something about, you know, ever since she got back from York, she just, I don't know, thought about how terrible the weather was here. And I don't know. <laughs> Oh, my God. Because Anne is like, she's like, oh, yeah, she was very pale in York and tearful. But I pretended not to notice because I was being a dick and I was concerned just with Anne Walker. And uh, she finally puts the shit together. Yeah, and she's like, like oh, what? Was she? Was she? Was she pregnant? She preggers. And John doesn't even try to lie. He doesn't even attempt to lie. He's just like, it wasn't mine. Like, uh, Shaggy, it wasn't me. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, Wait, then George then. Oh, I knew they were cozy and Hastings and whatever other place. Langton, I believe it was. Oh, I was supposed to queue up this clip and you know how I always make that joke about like het propaganda mm. when there's hets and it's just sort of like, he was a boy, she yeah. was a girl. Can I make it any more obvious? This is, these are the vibes that I get here when she's like, oh, well, they were cozy in Hastings. It's like, <laughs> well, yes, they were hets. So I guess that means they were, they were getting down with the get down. Matter of fact, I'll save that clip for when the Soudan farm. Well, uh, uh, where are we at? I think John uh, says he was talking about. He confesses that it wasn't his baby, right. and that you know he heard from her, uh, you know her, her first mate, the the one that lost uh, two children before. That you know what she needs is you know just I guess non span to kind of a good Christian man to yeah. take on responsibility. To that, eventually, Anne is like, you know, you're too good for Eugenie. And I was like, Ert! And slow down. We are misandrous. Like, that's not what we say. What do you mean, too good? What? Have you seen Eugenie? She's a lady's maid. She has skills. How are you shading your own? I don't, I don't. Ladies maid, girl, get it together. It's because she's mad. You know, she's upset about Anne Walker. No, it's not. It's really not. That's why I say Anne is a dick to her servants, mostly. Like, not all the time, but a lot of the time. So she's a little mad that Cornelia didn't say anything to her about the pregnancy. But. Oh, but that's after John makes that statement about after he says, well, she says, well, you're too good for her. Then he says something like, wasn't it always like that, though? That it's very rare that both parties feel exactly the same about each other. And then Anne goes off into a bit of looks like reverie as it relates to Anne Walker. She's mm-hmm. thinking about things. and Group O's are not as rare as people think. <laughs> well, she t- tells on herself a little bit here because she's like, I don't know. Sometimes I think it can start that way. But then and she just kind of fades off. So she's talking about her own situation where I think it can start out that maybe one person feels more than the other. In this case, it would be Anne Walker, perhaps for Anne Lister. But then as time goes on, you can match. You can match, match up with passion and love and concern. And she seems to be talking about herself there. And that's when John is like, 
are you all right, ma'am? You look visibly affected. And there's about a beat where Anne is just like, I'm always all right. And I think that's the energy with, that's her energy with people in general, even though she's totes. Yeah. Internally. I get that energy though. That's a type A, that's type A energy. Like I'm fine. I'm handling it. I'm fine. Don't worry about me. It's all good. I will not show you. (laughs) Like uh, Moulin Rouge. Inside my heart is breaking. My makeup may be flaking. Oh, Lord. But my smile stays (laughs) strong. I just, I love that queen cover. And Moulin Rouge. But yes, at the end of this, we have Washington walking up to ask about tenancy for Thomas and his family. And wants to know if she thought more about it, which she says she has. She has. Okay, so we see... Uh, they're walking past the Southern Farm, and the younger girl she she looks completely taken by the sight of these pigs. I guess she really wants to be with the pigs, be one with the pigs. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> she, I say she's half feral because what yes. the fuck was she talking about? Like she couldn't, she knew how she knew how to read, so I guess not as feral as the other right. children. But she's like, can't see the pigs. I love I love farm and pigs <laughs> myself, and it's like, girl, what? Of all the things. And then it's like, well, hey, Mr. Southern, uh, we have a letter from our father, uh, which contains Miss Lister's uh, decision on your tenancy. And then here comes the half feral child. I like your pigs, Mr. Southern. <laughs> <laughs> I really like your pigs. If you haven't figured it out, I've mentioned the pigs twice already. I love pigs. And I'm wondering if she does some sort of ignore her thing, which she might not does it. Uh, does she? Wonder. What? If she says something like ignore her about the younger sister. Oh, the older sister does have that energy. Oh, okay. She's like, she's like, she talks too much. Something's <laughs> right. wrong with her. Don't pay attention to her. She always saying weird stuff. So that's sibling energy right there. We got here shading your sister who really is just authentically interested in these damn pigs. And then uh, after she takes the letter in hand, she looks it over. And then she looks at the two girls and says, can, like, can I can girls Can you help me? Right, can you like, help me? Where, I'm, upset, I'm upset that your father <laughs> sent this over without implicit instructions to read it to me because I he knows I can't read. He knows. And that boy behind her show couldn't read. She was like, Thomas, um, there's a letter from Miss Lister here about tenancy. Uh, and he comes down <laughs> the steps or whatever. And he's like, hey. Oh, my God. <laughs> this like, is where the head propaganda like, begins hey, in this fucking show. He's like, hey. How you doing? Look I'm at like, you. Look I at can't... you over there, girl. <laughs> girl from my estate. And I always think of this whenever I see. And that's not to say there can't be some authentic curiosity from the heads whenever they see another head across the room in the wild. But we've seen so many movies and TV shows that just just the notion of the fact that that's a woman, that's a man, that's a boy, that's a girl. That's all we need. Right. That's all we need. That's, you know, like I was looking at, um, I can't remember what movie it was, but you know how like they would do, especially 90s movies or still movies now where like maybe there was a situation, someone broke up with someone, but at the end there's a guy and like he meets a girl. They share one sentence, but then he yes. looks into the camera like she's going to be my future girlfriend. You know, I know. And it's like, how do we, how did we jump to those insane conclusions from one line? That's, that's head propaganda. So. Yeah. Random song is playing in the background now, magically. He was a boy. She was a girl. Can I make it any more obvious? Okay. I got, <laughs> I'm sorry. I will never be over the perfect description of Avril Lavigne's angsty motherfucking early 2000s scared boy fucking song I mean, as the head agenda. It is. it is. It is. And I like Thomas, but come on. It was two seconds of staring and you're like, there are going to be a couple. We already know. You know what? I would like for us to get to the point that we could just see that with like queer matchups and be like, they're going to be a couple, obviously. Of I course, mean, of course. Yeah. I would like to have that same 
assumptive energy. So they do this, uh, we regret to inform you type of letter. <laughs> we regret to inform you that if we <laughs> do not see uh, Mr. Soudan within two months of this letter, that his tendency will be uh, uh, uprooted effective immediately. And at that point, um, an offer will be made to the young Mr. Soudan at the same rate that Elder Soudan was paying. Which, yay. Thomas has already been paying those bills. But in the so six seconds it. that it took them to read that full letter. I'm like, why did, why did Washington <laughs> write it like that? Why did Washington write it like, I regret right. to inform you that you'll be able to stay? Like, what? Right. What? Uh, unnecessary stress. We and have, wait, we wait, 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 wait. What? Half feral child's like, okay, we should oh, read the letter. Okay, I go see the pigs now. She's like, yeah, okay, go take a life. We see right. the pigs. Do, do point out the feral <laughs> children when you see them. It's one of these underlining jokes in the show that is just hilarious. Okay, now, now, we're off to the morning of the decision the next day. And we're back at Shibden, presumably the next day, Monday, decision day. Anne wakes up looking stressed and thoughtful. Checks her pocket watch and then uh, lets the sun hit her face a little bit in the window. It's been three days. I've only occurred across twice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're in angsty waters, but I also just enjoy seeing Anne Lister with her hair down. And in the braid. I just prefer it to those tight ass girls, just aesthetically. Or the really messy low pony. Dirty, dirty Ann Lister. That's that's the hierarchy that's happening. But you know, she freshens up, washes her face. And oh, actually, after this we see her talking to Daddy Daddy Lister, Captain Lister. Ooh, Captain. And she's talking about her plans to sink a new pit. These my pits. And reopen Listerwick. And her dad's just like, oh, I'm not into it. I told you this was a dirty business. Literally and figuratively. But Anna's like, ah, the Rawsons are stealing. So like a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And um, I can't take the shit lying down. So dad. Um, he's like, well, well, how much will all this cost? And he's like, well, for about 2,000 pounds. 2,000 pounds. He's like, bitch, what? I this? can loan you maybe I got 400. He's like, I got four, <laughs> He said 400, but it was still low. He was like, I got 400. She's like, oh, word, that's all you got? That's damn, daddy. That's I thought you had more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then she she mentions Miss Walker again because a lot of that is happening this episode mm-hmm. basically with all her family members of course the aunt is the first step and that was the approval she wanted that's the most important but this episode she's also spoken to Marion about it and now, and now her dad Captain, yeah. and she's basically like we, we've become very close how would you feel if she were to move in with me as my companion and he's like I'd be very happy bitch actually because uh, settle settle the fuck down how about that <laughs> How about you stop grumbling on the go? I was like, why is everybody wanting her to settle down? Because she been on the move since she was motherfucking 15, Terrence. They, they're like, will you ever just chill? I mean, chill? well, never forget that you sent me to school. Like, I was shipped away. So I've been on the jaunt ever since. She's been on the jaunt since she came out the home. Okay. And they were like, what is up with this child? What is going on? Oh, then her pops asked her, how will she come up with the money? If it's, it's expensive to sing pits and open old pits. And she's like, well, you know. If little Miss Walker were to be my companion, perhaps, I mean, she might be in a position right, to, to lend uh, a bitch some money. Right, exactly. And like, I'll be sure to ask her like mid-grubble. So when she, you know, it's... <laughs> she don't even got to ask that bitch mid-grubble. Right. And Walker's so sprung, you could ask her as we see it happens okay. in those first two okay. minutes. She just asks her, but she's like, how much, how much? dear? How much do you need? How yes. Much? How much? <laughs> yes. Yes. Love, of course. Oh, wait. Uh, um, young Boots? Uh, well, yeah, because speaking of the devil, Baby Booth comes in with a fruit basket. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I await your fate awaits inside this fruit basket. And of course, Anna's mad stressed to take the basket. She's like, I don't know. And you immediately were like, something's something's wrong right, that's, <laughs> with this basket. Yeah. She opened the letter and you're like, that's too many words. 
because all you need to put is yes right i will marry you or no i will not marry i was like him. what's this essay not okay i was not okay so she's like uh i gotta take this letter and these fruits in private it's she's she's basically like bye dad she didn't even say bye she just walks out the room she's like thank you i need this letter it's private and it's evidently the most ridiculous letter we ever did see from ann walker because <laughs> it was essentially hello my life is in your hands <laughs> if you decide to pull out a yes in this letter then yes i will marry uh, oh see i wasn't sure what she meant by that because i'm like is it yes that you will marry ainsworth or no that you won't because she pulls out a no and you were like yay right and i was like yay initially too but i was like is it no to Anne or no to ainsworth like does it even matter it doesn't it doesn't matter because Anne is like this is some bullshit like and she pulls out the other one in case it was like a a loaded dice situation. you wanted her to put no and no so she yeah. kind of decided but yeah. pretended like she didn't decide it yeah but you know i don't always get what i want which is fine <laughs> and analyst was just like this is some bullshit Excuse me, I need to get dressed right away. Right yes. away. And then a jaunt that happens that we... It's an off-screen jaunt. We didn't need to see the jaunt. It was an angry jaunt. It was a frustrated jaunt. So they're in the... It looks like the drawing room. And then she's like, what is happening? Oh! Oh, actually, I like because... Uh, <laughs> It's a kind of interest. It's kind of different, and this to me sets up Ann Walker's like an energy where she just doesn't want to deal with it. Because every time Ann Lister comes over, the bitch is already she's downstairs. She's available, even when she was crying. Yeah, James was like, "Oh, she's over there. She's available." This time, Ann Walker's like, "I'm gonna come downstairs once you arrive," because Ann Lister gets there and she's in the drawing room pacing yes. and getting madder as she paces. Like, yes. bitch, I can't. Bitch, the letter. Bitch, a fruit <laughs> basket. I can't believe a fruit <laughs> basket. And so she's fucking self talking. By the time Ann Walker comes the room all meek and shit like oh hello like, <laughs> she's like i physics the situation as best i could i'm but one woman like this is she's like i'm a baby I, gay i don't I know pushed my do. brain to the limit for this <laughs> she's like i really could not come up with a decision you don't understand like i was here agonizing and i was just like what will the people think what will you think what will anyone think i can make no decisions and um you could tell ann lister is just like fuming when she comes in and that she's been crying all day her face is puffy just even kind of her sleeves are kind of deflated. It's just yes. a sad look. It's all bad. And so she's been not crying all day. Nay, all weekend she's been crying. And as soon as she gets there, Ann Lister's ready to yell, which is not good for our skittish baby gay. So what I've been noticing, not that I'm an expert on any theory about any colors, that we go from pink to that beautiful red, which was a full, yeah. bold color, to now what looks almost like a washed out, uh shade yeah it's like more pastel it's definitely yeah. not as intense it's a yeah it's a bit more whimsical wispy just lacking permanence yes. in the same way that the the crimson color had i agree there immediately Anne is on her shit where she's like do you really think i'm the type of person to have my future happiness decided by fucking fate by pulling some fucking papers out of a bag bitch really 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 and and walker is super quiet at first she's just like no no i mean i no. Even though you sent that basket, Ann Walker, you sent it over. So clearly, clearly you thought it could be decided by fate. The subtitles for this say weekly. I'm just like, oh, did we have to specify weekly? But I mean, that's accurate. It's accurate for Ann Walker. And after she's like weekly, like, no, I don't know. And Lister's just like, what? What? Ann, can you speak? Ann, hello? Hello? I can't hear you. Hello? I was like, no, it's like their first fight. This is. Yeah, this is exactly what this is. First fight. And Ann Walker's just like, nothing. And so Anne is like, cool, I'm going to toss a note. Let me get my top hat. Bitch, I'm out. Because uh, this is exactly what this is. And this is a no. I'm going to take this as a no. So I'm right. out. And then that's when Ann Walker speaks up and she's like, it's not a no. I didn't say no. And Lister's like, well, it ain't a yes, though, is it? 
And then Rock is like, true, 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 true. And I think Ann Lister says something like, will you accept him? And our baby gay says that she doesn't want to, but, and it's like a trail off, one of those trail off sentences. And Ann Lister's like, but what, what, but what, 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 is it, is it, and I get why she's shouting, but with each shout and Walker's just like folding, crumbling, getting more inside myself. I can't. And I think definitely in your first fight with your, your first couple fight, like that's that hurts in general. Like the first time <laughs> someone you're really into maybe yells at you, you're like, ouch, you hurt my feels. Yeah. <laughs> you hurt my yes. feels. And I'm adjusting to this animus that's being projected in my way that has never been projected in my direction before from you. And it's hurtful. It's affecting me. And that's totally what we're seeing in Ann Walker's body language as she's getting yelled at. And then I think Ann Walker says that she doesn't want to marry him, but that, you know, if she did, it would only be out of duty. Which, of course, Ann Lister's like, duty? What's, what, 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 what does that mean, girl? What do you mean? To Mrs. Ainsworth? You say you didn't sleep with that hoe. And she's like, I, did, I didn't sleep with Mrs. Ainsworth. That's not what I'm talking about. And and Lister keeps pushing. Like, she's like, so what? What is it? Whatever. What's the problem? I didn't like when I heard her say, what if I, if I told you, you, you'd, I'd never see you again. You wouldn't want anything to do with me. Like, she felt like whatever this thing was that she couldn't talk about, that it, it would have tainted what would have initially been seen and as that's pure. Ainsworth impact because he undoubtedly made her feel like now that I've done this to you no one will ever want you again trust so it's just me you own Thomas Ainsworth and I just want to Lorena Bobbitt his ass uh, shout out to anyone quick, who knows quick, what I mean by that haste. <laughs> quick haste quick haste post haste or oh, another reference for that is actually Theon Greyjoy from Game of oh, Thrones mm, yeah. <laughs> hey hey now um, hey, get your sausages here <laughs> 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 that's like a good call. <laughs> oh shit i was just thinking back to an episode of hannibal let me keep that um oh, <laughs> hey. you know what? Okay. all right and so yeah what is it and lister just appeals to the fact that she's like hey we're adults we're both mature and i actually like the way saran jones plays this scene because essentially ann walker just breaks down she starts sobbing even harder or returning to the sobbing she was probably doing for ann lister showed up and she sits on the chair and you could tell ann lister wants to be like yo fuck your fuck your tears Fuck your sobbing. And she kind of like makes these gestures like, mm. but at the end, she doesn't want to see it. She doesn't want to see it happen. And she's like, oh, here's this reluctant, this reluctant comfort I'm giving you because I hate to see it this way, but I'm still mad. Talk to me. We're adults. What the fuck? Like, we're mature. Please, like, tell me what's going on here. And then we finally get some truth. Oh, I thought you were going to. No, I'm just, everything about this scene is just, I'm guessing it, it shines this, perfect light on i'm guessing the you know the way in which people are 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 controlled whether it's by religion or by you know deceivers so now you have this man who's like you have to he's a man of cloth like you know and um so he's had a well i guess we should wait for her to unveil it but she's literally breaking down their situationship to say that when she would spend time with Mrs. Ainsworth, that they too would have their time. Uh, yeah, it's unpleasant. I and uh, she's, you know, she doesn't know how to feel about her discreet connection with the Reverend. Oh well, yeah, she does go into descriptions of it after she finally breaks down, and she's like, "No, it's him. It's Mister Ainsworth." And it's like, "Him? Him? Who? Who's him? Him? Why him?" And, you know, she's like the Reverend Ainsworth. We've been indiscreet. And immediately Anna's like standing up. <sighs> okay. 
bracing myself for this information. And I think in that initial moment, it's because Anne doesn't know what to expect. Was this consensual? Was this non-consensual? Right. And it's already going to piss her off because she we know she doesn't like women fucking with men. Right. And so that energy is immediately like, bitch, I don't know. But then when Ann Walker continues and she's like, well, you know, this isn't, ex- he said he was in love with me, that he wanted to marry me and that she wouldn't live long. And you're like, uh-oh. And that she didn't want to, but she didn't know how to say no. And there it is. There it is. Sexual assault. Yes. And that's why she was so upset that when she heard Mrs. Ainsworth died, because she knew that this would happen, that he would be on her doorstep figuratively and literally right away. Wouldn't be five minutes until he was writing her. And that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. And she says that she never encouraged him. She told him she didn't want him. She didn't want to do anything with him, but he just managed situations where he was alone with her, either when she visited or when she was at their house or when he visited her house, she was at their house, whatever. And then she's like, so do you get it? Do you understand the problem? You know? And then that's when she says, like, he's had intimate knowledge of me and she can barely get it out. Right. She's ashamed. She's embarrassed. She feels tainted. And uh, Ann Lister takes a few moments to let it all sink in. And she asks if they were, if they've, it wasn't if they're she's like connected. intimate how yeah she's like intimate how and she goes through the three tiers she's like kissing, kissing. and ann walker's like yeah touching and she's like did he did he touch you touching and she's like yeah she nods and then she's like connected and we know what that means going to uh you know we can't say italy for the heads it's something else something i don't horrible. know did you pull the lever <laughs> what? Wrong what? Lever! i'm so what the I fuck? mean, hey, depending on how phallic, what the fuck? depending on what the phallic is, phallus is doing. Okay, it can be that very violent. So I'm like, pull the lever, do it. Right. Um, that sounds like you could break something. So why oh, not? Oh, you could. Why not? <laughs> so, and Ann Lister has this like single Denzel tear going on on her cheek when she says connected because she's like, I can't believe this. And um, and Walker continues like, this is the thing. Does this not? Does that not put me under some obligation to Mr. Ainsworth? To which Ann Lister's like, hang on, hold up, wait a minute, pause the tape. He inflicted it's, himself on you. Right. Hell no. Like, why do you think? No. Because she's been, she's been. Right, right. I mean, we, we already know. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, you were in his house. You were his fucking friend. He was fucking married. Like, what the fuck? You were under his goddamn protection. He was a fucking perv who took advantage. And Ann Walker's still fretting, but she's like, yeah, but when she left the room, does that not still morally? And this is what we were saying before, that she's such a morally concerned, ethically conscious person that she's completely distraught over this idea that because of the patriarchy, she thinks that because this man forced himself on her, that she somehow owes him her body and her what? Like commitment? What? Does he? No. This this is where we got to stamp out the patriarchy. And then once we uh, satisfy the moral... uh obligation well and starts yelling again she's right she's like well well now that i know that i could talk about this that it's not a secret that 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 all this is but this is the reason why i didn't want to show you anything because if you look look right here in this letter like i could show you it now this is do you see how he says he says to well yeah that's after and is like and starts screaming and she's like you're cross you're yelling because <laughs> she's she's traumatized she's shell-shocked the first time Anne yelled she traumatized Anne walker immediately she was like oh my god She's yelling at me. So the minute Anne's voice re-reaches those high, she's like, you're cross. You're yelling. And Anne's like, no, no, no. Yes. Well, no, not at you. Not at you. Not cross at you. Not yelling at you. Oh, my God. I'm so pissed off. What? 
And then she goes to get the letter. And I'm, I was happy for this because, like, girl, you know, it was fucked up that you were hiding that letter. And it was obviously doing a lot of damage. And now that she's letting it all hang out, she's like, here, here's the letter. Can you believe this bitch? Look what he said to my own. What is it? Annie? Yeah, to is my own Annie? Annie. I'm like, your, why does he have a fucking to your Mr. Annie? Ainsworth. That's too comfortable right. from your own Mr. Ainsworth. And she adds that he basically said that she couldn't tell anybody. Of course, she couldn't tell anyone because it would reflect as badly on her as it would on him. As you mentioned earlier when we were recording, reputation. Reputation is key in these times. But then she says, and this breaks my heart, if I had someone like you in my life, this would have never happened. That is accurate and heartbreaking. I agree. What broke my heart first before she said that was though, was when she says, I know you'll think I'm weak and stupid. Like, that, no, that actually I broke was, me down. That's I what was, it was. I was angry with lots of things. I was, this sequence of a, I... Okay, when this was initially watched, and the Patreon subscribers, they'll, they'll obviously be able to see it. I stormed off. I stormed out. I got up and walked out of the studio. I just, I yelled on the way out. So, like, I'm pretty sure <laughs> the did. microphones picked you it left. up. I, I was angry. It's really upsetting. It goes back to her sense of self-worth and just, it's heartbreaking. And Anne just has this endless dress look on her face. So she looks up at her like, what? Oh my God, no. Like, I'm thinking about ways to murder and get away with it. I'm <laughs> okay. Not, I'm thinking about how I can murk this motherfucker Ainsworth. I'm not, like, oh my I God, I'm not thinking you're stupid. I slapping him in the face of my glove and telling him I demand satisfaction. Gloves too nice. Horse wit. Oh, oh, oh yes. Worse. That's, what, oh. that's what we need. But He um, and the... And is murder that hard in the 1800s? I feel like it's not. I feel like a lot of people got murdered and no one. I think Mr. Ainsworth and I should go on a little jaunt, a little (laughs) ride, a little ride in my my brand new cart. Exactly. Let's turn that hill and oh, Mr. The Reverend, he just fell out. Yes, but she does say that line about like if I had someone like you in my life, someone to talk to, someone who would have helped me this would have happened you're just like <laughs> you mean someone in your life that actually cares <laughs> that, right because you know you mean older actual, walker was actual, around and didn't really help and, god and elder that mrs ainsworth and, you know she and, knew was- and confirms this because she's basically like you know what it got you out of this goddamn scrape whether you said yes or not and that goes back to the care the concern the real care and concern people of course ann lister cared and concerned for ann walker look at this Look at this fucking behavior. She's right. Like, it doesn't matter if you would have married me or not. This, this fucked up thing, I would have helped you no matter what. And Ann Walker's just like, really? You would have? I, I, I don't know what real friendship looks like. I don't know what real love looks like. I keep learning with you. And you keep saying that, okay, I, I'm people who care stick around. And I think that's what Ann Walker is not used to. She's like, people who care don't stick around. It, but that's not what's connected. And when you look at some of the templates that have existed with her dead parents, her sister off in Scotland, her dead brother, that one way or another, she's like, good people leave. Yeah. That's just what happens, even if her dad wasn't all that good from what the little I read. But yeah, she finally sits back down after fully unburdening herself of the stuff, which we're like, thank God. But also, this sucks. <laughs> it's a lot. Oh, we get a bit of a misandry. Mm-hmm. As we close out the episode, mm-hmm. we close it out with a, a very vexed Ann Lister, as she ought to be. And she basically tells Ann Walker that she's got nothing to worry about. Like, do you hear me? Like, I just nothing. I'm going to handle this. I'm going to take care of it. <laughs> I'm going to do it. <laughs> this grubby little wretch in a dog collar. And Ann Walker's like, what you going to do? What's, uh, what will you do? <laughs> and we get a fourth wall break. I don't know how many we had this episode. I don't know that I paid attention. Was this the only one? Uh, hang on. I want to say one of maybe two, if there were two. Where was the other but one? But this was, uh, she was looking at someone off camera, but that just happened to be face point. Who? So... I feel like that conversation was with... And Lister was having the conversation. But who was she speaking to at FacePoint? If it wasn't the gentleman about the coals, 
It was um not the, I don't know that we had pair, another fourth wall break. Not the pair I, of uh not um actually the not only the disapproving uh Priestley's. It wasn't them. Maybe it was Elder Anne. Uh, no, no, it wasn't a real break. It was her looking at the camera, but no, no but that's the... what I mean. Like every episode, we usually get her looking at the camera and saying something. Oh, right, but it would be about to us. whatever, right, right. And so this, I think, this is our first and only right. this episode is the Masandri look because the only other thing is kind of like the entry when they cut pubes, <laughs> right, right. But there's not; she's not talking to the camera; she's experiencing it. So I think this right. is our our first and only fourth wall break of this episode, which it's great that it's so misandry filled. And Ann Walker's like, what you going to do? And she's like, bitch, I don't know. I don't know yet. I might skin a bitch. Might right. run a bitch over with my cot. Might but it puts into honest. perspective. Remember, the reason why she couldn't go to travel with her previously was because the Ainsworths were coming over. Right. And now right. she's like, but now I think that this uh, clergy conference is just a ploy. <laughs> That's a what I have to call conference. it. That's what I have to call it. She thinks it's conference just a ploy. Of assholes. To have a place to, you know, a reason to be nearer to her. I agree. And so, she, no, that's what she was like. He's right. just here to, he's just here to try to fuck with me, marry me, take me, steal me, pressure me into right. patriarchal nonsense. And Anna's like, oh, we're not about that. We're not about that. And oh, she does ask her. She's like, is everything you just told me 100 percent true? true? Right. Because what I'm about to do could be illegal. No, <laughs> I need I mean, to know that we are on the side of God, yeah. the right side, the ethical mm-hmm. side. But Anwar was like, hell yeah, bitch. It was hard enough for me to say it. I right. No lies. And she's like, okay, good, 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 good. I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna get him real good. Watch. Yeah, just, what are you gonna do? I get. I don't know. I don't know. There's several things running through my head right now. Don't you worry about it. Don't you just just, 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 just take this bosom cuddle. Just take mm-hmm. that and let me think about the violence that is about to occur and um not uh, to blend my two favorite series but, uh, not <laughs> you, to blend but but you're about to blend so no blend. no it's do just, it this would have been an, an opportune moment to have that you know that thing that we want where it's like our uh assassin lady have a shared kill like oh, this would be Eve? the perfect type of kill like this Ooh, person like a mitandry kill right hell yes. yeah and it's like this unfortunately i don't know that analyst or rather ann walker i don't know like she's I'm, she's the type to watch a good beat down i don't know if she's the type to get least, into the beat down at least she'll watch and maybe she could even say hurtful things i feel like she got that energy like i had a, <laughs> i had a friend <laughs> i had a friend who got into or she, she was on her way to get into something and she was bringing what i like to call five four energy like real little person energy sometimes oh, yeah. to a situation where like you're small you're 100 pounds wet, girl. What are you doing? And she's in the streets of New York fucking around with some some real dicks. You know, some guys, they got no respect for women, nor hitting them or doing those types of things. And I hear like a commotion on the street and she was already having a, in a highly emotional situation with her family and on the phone. And, you know, sometimes you're on the phone yelling and people on the street feel like they got to mind your business and tell you to stop yelling. So that's what happened is that okay. she was emotional on the phone. Some dudes were just trying to mansplain why she shouldn't be yelling on the phone. And that well, just caused yeah, her to explode business. on them. Um, right right because she was already in a in a way and they were like oh what are you bringing this aggressive energy here like we'll fight you and so like i come in mid thing and i can see what the dude's energy is saying and she's there ah! you know she's from the midwest she doesn't know what the fuck is going on in the city and so over, immediately i'm like yo this is i feel like she had that Walker energy because i i came out and i was like immediately i was like i'm gonna have to fight two men all right well let me make sure my earrings over here. <laughs> Let me see what my best tactical move is going to be because she can't tell that this is about to go bad. And I look at you, you're little. I'm going to have to step in, remove you to the side and be like, hello. And luckily I was able to diffuse that situation with sufficient misandry. And I feel like sometimes when I'm tall, taller than a dude, like, <laughs> and then my energy, that's basically like, I don't give a fuck. 
Like, like we could go to jail today. And they're like, what do you mean? What, what? And it's mm. like, well, you know, sometimes when you have a brother that's worked for the Pentagon, you'll take that one charge, maybe. <laughs> but yes, you remind me of the Ann Walker energy because people who are ready to start some drama, but they can't finish through the drama. They're like, I've created this, but you, Candace, come through. <laughs> Help me. And I did. I had to defuse that. But yeah, I don't think Ann Walker. She would just be there like watching and do the, the horse whip and be like, good job, babe. <laughs> Again. <laughs> one <Right>. more time. <laughs> one more time. Oh my gosh. But we are we're at the end of the episode. We did it. It was hard. It was. It rough. was. This was a. This was hard... a rough fucking episode, you guys. It was. I was like, difficult. what a way to wedge, you know, this thing between my ladies, and then now it's like we have a common enemy. <laughs> I mean, they already had Doctor Kenny, yeah, and but... Marion. Technically, if we go with the real life, <laughs> but yeah, the, no, this is um, this is a place to focus the animus. But more importantly, it's not like Veer's best man so to speak. It's not like, it's not a real threat. That was her major fear. Like this is a real threat. He is here. She's interested. And she's like, okay, this is actually trauma. This is a triggering situation. This is horrible. And she has no interest in attentions from this guy. Okay. I feel safe. And so minor optimism. You did watch the first two minutes. of. Oh yeah. I felt all the optimism there. What? Oh, the Rawlsons want to call my bluff. What? I could borrow the money to sink my pits. She, I'm gonna make sure it's as grand as possible. The way she was like, knows. Oh, sure. <laughs> of course, you can. <laughs> that look on her face, she's like, Of course, wifey, duh. <laughs> I'll give you whatever you want, honestly. I don't even spend my own money. Did you see all the gowns I have already? I don't, <laughs> don't need any more gowns. So, other predictions you want to make for the next episode or as we wrap oh, this up? I see the Rawsons not being happy that she's sinking pits, and I see them actually wanting badly to cave into her requests uh i see hopefully she gets to sit down with the the top rawson i like i like her oh elder lady yes I, mm. I don't want her to just be talking about list i want her to to see her do, i don't know be somewhere be in the carriage and watch her jump past or something <laughs> like just some sort of quick a quick conversation something Ugh. I love that she doesn't love any of the any of the female Rawsons. I love that because well, they, they don't, there's not much to be desired. Most upstairs. women are dull and stupid. Like she said that to a room full of women. She's but, rude, <laughs> but I don't mind. I don't mind her her energy. That was fun. So those are those are your predictions. Sinking of pits. What about the two women? That it won't the two be ladies. Uh, the stars. Oh, I think it will come out. The I. Well, we see in a preview. What will come out? We see in a preview that uh, Anne Lista steps up to the Reverend. Oh, yeah. Reverend Ainsworth. But, you know, um, there are many a battle that were had over uh, God's decree to declare <laughs> war. So, Wait, what? Um, there were many a war, like crusade-type wars that were uh, religion-based. <laughs> oh, so it okay. It won't be All hard right. for someone who is a man of the clergy to enlist help to i don't know take down a sinner so there's that like forget my adulterous rapey ways but you know <laughs> this homosexual we need to t- we need to take her down oh oh you mean you mean Anlista? yeah mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. ainsworth looks like a bitch from the preview and having already seen yes. it i'll say ainsworth is a bitch i could take ainsworth uh he seemed a little tall but other than that all you gotta do is kick a motherfucker in his kneecaps and uh, you bring uh, him down. Yep. Bring him yep. down a foot. <laughs> it's 
my fight fact of the week, even though I have not had any fight facts. But ladies, bum, 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 bum. just in case, if a guy's trying to fuck you up, go for something that will take him out intensely, like a leg, like an eye. Just saying. Just saying. And this is coming from someone. Oh, I believe I told you the story that I've, I've badly injured a mugger who tried to, to rob me. He tried. He succeeded, to be sure. But he was found and prosecuted because I left mocks upon thy skin. But um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's my job. That's, that's a good thing, actually. Thing, wow. It is. A, well, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. All right. Let's. Uh, oh, oh, we were supposed to give away our a T-shirt of the tweet. So. Oh, dude. We want to randomize. Do we have a randomizer? How will we? Wait, what? Or something like that. that it, you make it appear. Not, I don't know what you're no, talking no, no. about. Maybe I am inventing apps <laughs> in my head. I know. But, like, make it up. That's actually, it sounds more useful than a paper. No, it's like, um. well, if, let's say you have a list. And if you were to list your, enter, in, your let's say you assigned a number to your, um, your contestants. And then you do a... A draw. It's essentially a draw. Okay. Well, the, are you... The, yeah, see if you can find it. And then while you're looking for the randomizer, I'll get the popcorn, the Captain Marvel popcorn bucket in case we got to keep it analog, keep it old school. Then we'll drew... Well, Drew, we'll do our drawing to close out this uh, this episode of Gentleman Jack Crack. Oh, so right. guys, I have <laughs> failed to come up with a uh, digital way to do some sort of randomizer. I was going to do a D20 and assign each entry uh, number on the, but you know, the numbers didn't match <laughs> up with the entrance because you need concept, a fixed number. Concept. Yeah. So that's in the works. Something like a randomizer may appear in the future, but right we're now we're going to go old school. Yeah. Analog's just fine. So we have, um, if you can hear, I'm unsure if it's picking up, but there's a rattling of Yeah. There's a Captain Marvel popcorn box that I got opening night because I love Captain Marvel and uh, I love this popcorn box and it's a great box to do drawings from so you know we're shaking it up all you lovely listeners that retweeted from our ragged social meets thanks thanks for engaging we're just we trying to give shit away you. we appreciate you guys alright Yolanda Vega we're gonna need you to pick one of these uh... <laughs> that is such a New York thing <laughs> I am Yolanda Vega and here are your top five numbers mm-hmm. Oh, is that me? Oh. Oh, yeah. All right. Our, our retweet winner and recipient, oh, and, and recipient of, of Batwoman on Twitter, also known as Gentleman Jackass. I love the name, and I'm happy <laughs> that you won. Congratulations. Uh, we'll be You've in touch. You've got a free tea. Yeah, we'll be in touch. Also, you could be in touch when you hear this episode drop, but we'll be in touch. Let us know your preferred size of grubbling, uh, obey your thirst and grubbling t-shirts, and we'll, we'll get it out to you. Stat. So you can spread the word, the grubble word. As we know, it's an agenda. It's the gay agenda. And we are recruiting all persons into our campaign. Good team. Everyone must know. Everyone must know. Spread the word. <laughs> the grubbles. <laughs> They're indeed an amazing the accent thing. always going to make me laugh. Spread the word. You know, I'm never going to know where, um, yeah, oh my God. It's, yeah, it's the thing for, um, Southern, because I, I don't know where the family's from. So it's like this weird amalgamation of terrible, of terrible, terrible just all, <laughs> all the terrible accents just into one. It's Pickney, it's Cockney, it's, it's, it's all, it's everything. It's, it's everything and nothing. All right. Well, uh, to the end of this, this lovely episode, this angsty episode, it was, wow. It was a lot. It was intense. Um, it was intense. I'm going to hope that, uh, for the nightcap that there aren't too many 
entries directly in relation to this brand new character of Hangsworth. Well, we definitely have to bring up our the entries that we forgot to say how Miss Walker was destroyed for about a day from the vigorous scrubbles. Yes. Oh, but yes. yeah. So it's it, it's like what I was saying before. There's a bit of a combination that happens here, blending of reality and fiction. That it's not exactly this way, but in terms of the emotions, the fraught behavior, the panicking low self-esteem, things of that nature. That stuff is all there. It's just uh, slightly curated differently for the show. But yeah, though, the entries will be... I mean, you know, the pube-cutting entry is both emotional and hilarious mm. because I don't know if there were two more dramatic lesbians in history. You kind of... <laughs> pube hair! I'm never over the fact that she was like, give me a piece of... Give me... I just need a little golden locket for my... <laughs> just to get through the weekend. <laughs> a little piece to remember you by <laughs> when I grubble myself next time in the show. Yeah. But um, yeah. It seems kind of ridiculous that we had this semi-ridiculous, hard-to-deal-with episode right after Straight Pride. <laughs> you know what? That's the fuck shit we doing in America for all of our international listeners. We, we Boston, had a pretty pathetic Straight Pride display, quote-unquote. I mean, police and riot gear. Uh, 2.5 times the amount of protesters versus marchers. They did, because jaunty gays always got energy for these assholes but you know the signs that were like include don't exclude i'm like are you trolling us like what is, <laughs> what is this make normalcy normal again i fucking can't stand these people i can go to demonstrations like that though because i'll just make a scene yeah it's oof. but i feel like it happened on a uh a weekday it was like everything i thought it was the actual weekend i forget when i saw it trending but it was trending because people the gates were trolling the oh, straights yeah. who just we're being way too serious on Twitter about, no, it's my right not to be oppressed. And I'm just like, bitch, oppression where? Fucking Boston. Got to get their shit together. But we are officially halfway through the season, you guys. This was episode four. There are eight episodes in a season. We are, we're at the halfway mark. So yeah, um, tune in for our Nightcap. We'll recover some of these events. Not all. <laughs> some. Oh, you always sound so unsure know, when you do these drive ups. Like, I, I, I don't know what we're going to do. No, I know. Uh, please uh, reach out to us on our social medias. I know that they're not the most robust, but we're working <laughs> on it. We are. The least robust. Uh, of... <laughs> we're a Gentleman Crack on Twitter. We're Gentleman Jack Crack on Instagram. Duh. Uh And you can uh, read, write to us. What is that? A Gentleman uh gentleman jack podcast gentleman at gmail yes indeedy oh you know what i feel like i made a reference to shelter in the nightcap when i was talking about clubbing and i meant to say limelight <laughs> oh it's because we were talking about Ooh. shelter so it was on my head but i meant limelight yes the church and uh as gay as that was i'm sure Anne listed would be mortified how dare you gays <laughs> well, how yeah. dare you gays jaunt in this church like this mm. doing debaucherous things but yes minor correction of myself you were like candace did you really see quiz sexing in the sailing at shelter no it was at limelight, it was uh, limelight. Just, if you've not heard about that club um i mean was, I'm, <laughs> I'm, i will say i'm sorry that you didn't get to experience it. Yeah. i don't know if anything it got to a plane where new york could no longer sustain the type of illegal and debaucherous things that would happen there for sure yeah. But queer liberation was definitely a way to look at it. Started way back in the disco times and landed through a, oh, you know what? It features Limelight pretty heavily. That film about uh, Michael Alec, I want to say his last name, from Party Monster. Fucking Macaulay Ew. Culkin mm. played him. Actually, yeah. The murderer, murdering queer. So if you need something to add to your queer collection, just go and look up Party Monster. Um... <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, we should preface that it's not like oh, it's, it's a little. Oh yeah, it's sorry. it's about a it, murder. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, it's not. <laughs> it's about it's, a murder. It's, it's not a, a life. It's. Um, <laughs> It stars Macaulay Culkin and Seth Green, and I want to say Chloe Sauvigny is in here because she's in all the weird New York indie movies, and it's based off a true story of some some queer party arranges who end up too inveigled with the drugs and bad behavior, and a person ends up dead. So, and then you're like, how did how did we get here? How did we get to the murder when we were starting with parties? Yes, based on a true story. If you're curious about that sort of club life and um, dressing up, jaunting up. Sands the murder. The, the the club scenes are cool. You know who else is in there too? Um, what's his face from Star Trek Discovery? I think I'm gonna put that on my rental on iTunes. Actually, when I get home. Oh, Party Monster. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I would I would recommend. I thought it was a great performance by Macaulay Culkin in terms of like stretching himself and what we normally see him in, and uh, just in terms of like the club scene and dressing up and just absurdity. Oh yeah, that's it, what I was it looking does for. Give a bit, yeah. Wilson Cruz. There we go. Wilson Yay. Cruz is also in Party Monster. And he is in Star Trek Discovery playing a gay man. Anyway, yes, yeah, so I believe that is all. All right, guys, we love you. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until next time, guys, cue the jaunty music. Yes, bitch. And here's to Ainsworth getting fucked over by Ann Lister next episode. <laughs> Bye, guys. Uh, ciao. Regency-era lesbians. Oh, my God.